0: Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What? A Comics Podcast for the Savage Critics website. In episode 78, Graham McMillan and I have any number of topics so hot they can only be handled with your ears. Topics like what Savage Critic rating we would give the Bible, spin-off books that can never seem to escape their progenitors, My Squalid Confession of Drug Use, and Doctor Who Abuse, Action Comics, The Legion of Superheroes, Birds of Prey, Ferris, The First Issues of Saucer Country, Hell Yeah, Manhattan, Projects with spoilers for pretty much the entire first edition. Superbia, Fatal Number no. Three, Fantastic Four, Season Number no. One, The Amazing King City trade paperback from Brandon Graham, Detective Comics, GI Joe Cobra, Wolverine 302, DC Nation on the Cartoon Network, and much, much more. And for those of you who might be concerned, don't worry. I have rewatched the Doctor Who season finale and officially found it keen. Although I still prefer the Vince Van Dach
1: episode. As always, we hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Welcome to me, Paul, party, and with faith and humanity renewed.
0: Wow. Well, um, yeah, believe it or not, welcome to me, whose computer is slow enough that it caught on halfway through that dramatic
1: Oh, see, I try and I'm optimistic and, and going forward and your computer cuts me off. Is that maybe the the universe giving me a message that optimism isn't what it wants from me, it's possible.
0: It's, po- it's possible that, it, that what it's saying is, is that technology allows us no freedom for happiness
1: and optimism. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye! the <laughs> <laughs> shortest and most surprising episode of Weed yet.
0: I know, we keep shooting for those, or at least I apparently do. So, um... Yes. Hello. Well, please tell me about your renewed vigor and appreciation for life and humanity. I I've been off the internet today, so I maybe I missed something. It's, awesome.
1: it's, it's, no, it's it's just life in general. Okay. I've, I've decided, screw you, everything trying to get me down, even though there's an awful lot of it. Screw you. I'm gonna I'm gonna be like Matt Murdock and just ignore you. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of do love that phrasing
0: because it really is, you know, um, I don't know. It's like one of the main DNA, you know, strands of DNA, and just in a certain type of pop song. And I don't think it's ever been phrased quite so awkwardly as you did there.
1: And it's like <laughs> I would love to have that, like, set to some kind of beat. You know, this is why I am not in the pop business. Oh, I, you know,
0: so you say but uh but you know we all secretly suspect that you are say um I'm I Kanye West I I hate to tell I, you dude I was listening to Kanye West on the way back I you know Kanye West I I that guy is fascinating I really have to say he really is I I I I think I actually love that guy's work despite his impressive um Douchebagginess, which because he's but, but willing that's to actually part, talk about, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Part of his charm in a really weird way.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the he, the fact that he actually does with his douchebagginess what you're supposed to supposed to do, which is turn it in on yourself as well as everything else, and 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 leave no stone unturned, because you have the confidence in yourself to do that. I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. I'm. I'm. I have to say, I'm a fan. Let's
1: put it that way. This. Um, this just did Everyone who's listening to Wade Watts. Wade Watts. Watt. Comes out in favor of Kanye West. Yeah, exactly. Or they like what? Four or five years after everyone else has So, so timely. So timely. Um, I've heard about yeah. this band, the
0: Beatles. They're, they're. Let me tell you, they're not for everyone.
1: <laughs> Do you know what? Brother, in, I think there's something. When I was in high school, um, the Beatles was like the music that we were taught to play. Mm-hmm. like it wasn't you know like here's you know here's some simple classic music or whatever it was like here's the beatles learn to mm-hmm. play yellow submarine learn to play the guitar by playing yellow submarine <laughs> to the point where like because it's all there's you know there's yellow submarine and Octopus Garden and all that stuff that i didn't really know was the beatles when i was a kid and then you know you're listening to White album you're like what the fuck i know <laughs> oh, i, I admit know, it. what what <laughs> <laughs> That's them. I know it, which is kind of
0: astonishing, and that is actually one of the things that is is uh, pretty impressive about uh, the Beatles. I have to say, like in terms of their Im- their willingness to really see the power of pop music I guess and make it pop you know what I mean like it's like okay so that means we can do anything and everything
1: and uh... there's a, a spectacular review by a writer called David Quantic um for the Beatles Anthology 2 remember they had those like three double cd sets in the 90s oh yeah mm-hmm. and the Beatles Anthology 2 covers like I think it's Rubber Soul through Sergeant Pepper. Sgt. Pepper mm-hmm um, and he, his review was: "This is what it sounds like when four young men realize we're young, we're good-looking, and we can do everything." And I, I've always loved that line. I've always thought that's great. That's a great way to put, yeah, like that, that part of their career. But also, it's a certain feeling you have when you're young, where you're just kind of like, yeah, it's nothing yes. can stand in my way, even if even if everything can stand in your way. Yeah, Everyone has at least one part of their life where they're just like, yup. Yep. This world is mine.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that—that's—that's that's apparently something that still is impressively uh, resonant. You know, excuse me.
1: So, um, the comics. Should we talk comics? I, 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 we might as well. Hey, I went to the comic store yesterday. We <laughs> <laughs> might as well. <laughs>
0: Uh, shall we talk comics? We might as well. We have a new <laughs> official slogan, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very excited about We're
1: it. We're not doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, tell me. Oh, comic I, shop, I, how so yeah, it back I, after? Uh, yeah. I had a really weird... After talking last week about, you know, I've not been for, for six weeks and, I you know, right. I don't really miss it. It was very weird going there and picking up my file. And just because of everything that's going on I didn't buy everything that was in my file because so much stuff had accumulated over six weeks so I was like I can't afford all of this um, but it was weird to like pick and choose and to see what I picked mm-hmm. um, like for example all I got were DC books interesting, interesting. I, I put back Dark Horse I put back, oh, that's not true I got um, Dungeons and Dragons, got the ATW Dungeons and Dragons um, um but I put back the other IDW books I put back the Dark Horse books uh, I put back the Marvel books I, It was this. I don't know, it was, it was really weird I was like, I'm picking favourites I actually am literally picking favourites of what I want to read right now um, And seeing what I chose because I think if you'd asked me when I wasn't in the store, I would have said entirely different things from what I ended up picking in the moment. Because what it really was was like, oh, yeah, I want to read how that story ends up. Or, yeah, I, you know, without knowing it, I've been looking forward to seeing how this is. Um, so, for example, I picked up The Flash, which I didn't even think I was going to pick up. Oh, really? Interesting. I was sure I was pretty much figured that that would be... The one of the
0: books that you would pick up.
1: No, because when I read them all together, I was like, this is great, but I read them single issues, like, it, uh, and, as in once every month. I was like, this right. is not that good. So I pretty much in my mind decided, I'll just wait and get it in trade.
2: Mm, interesting.
1: And then I was like, oh, it's, you know, I kind of really liked it. Um, I picked up Justice League. Although I'd say, continue. Yeah.
0: Well, Got to get you to turn down your volume a little bit.
1: Let's see. Yep. Yeah. Is this better?
0: That is better. Is that you talking it? Because once you were like, I also picked up Justice League, and I'm like, huh, I think blood's leaking out of one ear. Let's see if I can get him to turn it down.
1: It's, how it's, is it? Does Justice League just sounds really
0: loud. <laughs> uh, okay, you sound great. So you you did pick up Justice League.
1: Yeah, I, I picked up Justice League, um, in part because it's the final part of the story, and I was like, I want to see how they wrap it up. But also because, and I've said this before, I buy Justice League. Like, right. I, it... it the occasions when I'm not buying Justice League are very, very rare. It is, and true. that's been the case since 1987. Since, that's not wow. true. Since before 1987, because I was going to say I was picking 1987 because that was when the Kevin Domatis series started up. up. But I got the last few issues of Detroit, of the Justice League Detroit as well. Amazing. Right? So I mean, yeah. we're talking a long time. Yeah, of yeah. me buying Justice League, and in that time, I have stopped buying it for the Dan Urgan run. Um, Sensible, but then I picked it back up when Jared Jones took over again.
0: Also, I would say kind of sensible.
1: Uh, And then I dropped it. Did I? Yeah, I dropped it. Actually, fairly into uh, the Jared Jones run. Mm. But then I picked the Morrison run, and the Morrison run went into the Wade run, went into the Kelly run, Uh, which then went into like the Roger Stern and John Byrne run, and then the Denny O'Neill run. And I kept, I kept going. All, wow. all through that series, and then wow. so I had I had all of that series. Because you that means you
0: were buying it during that period where it really did seem like it was a dead man walking.
1: Yes, that's know? when they had no idea what to do with the book. Yeah, and all of a sudden, yeah. like, Chuck Austin's Pain of the Gods. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I bought all of that, and then I picked up. Yeah, then I got Brad Meltzer, and I got all hmm. the Brad Meltzer on. I got all of the. Dwayne McDuffie yeah, run, mm-hmm. and, and then I dropped off for Len Wein. Len... No offense, Len Wein. He was only on the book for like six <laughs> issues, but I dropped off for that. Um, um, but then I picked it back up for uh, James Robinson. James Robinson. Robinson. So I mean, really, there is probably less than twenty issues of Justice League that I have not bought in the last. Wow, was that 25 years? twenty-five years? Yes. Yeah, that's. So that's... I, I buy Justice League, is the thing. Wow. But weirdly, weirdly, I got this as your Justice League, and I finished it thinking, "Yeah, I might take a break from Justice League." Really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, because it, I haven't read it. It's the conclusion of the whole
1: Jeff Johns' first, yes, Jim uh, yes, Lee's first yes, arc, right? Yes. Right. Um, and there's just, I don't know. There's just not enough there to make me think this is worth three ninety nine. Well, and it was kind of
0: diminishing returns over the last three issues. Did six reverse that trend, or was it oh, even more six,
1: disappointing six, six, than six, five? Six is more disappointing than five, I'd say. Okay. Um, Which was more part, disappointing than four? In part four, because, I mean, I've not counted the number of pages that are essentially dialogueless, dialogue-less and filler, and filler? <laughs> but there's a, a lot of it. Really? Yes. Yes. Um, um, let's see. There's a there's one there's a splash page where the entire all the dialogue is all hail dark side. There's a splash page where the entire dialogue is one woman saying ha. There is a double page splash with no dialogue. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. See, this is so funny. Is, I it's Jim. was going to be the guy page. who's cutting corners. On there's another splash page where there's no dialogue. But there's a sound effect boom, and there is a splash page of essentially a boom tube exploding, which is both of them taking a vacation. It is essentially an all-white page with maybe a sixth of the page actually having some drawing on it. Um,
0: and so yeah, it's just it's
1: I don't know. There's there's nothing spectacular about it, and I think for three ninety nine, I need something that's going to blow me away.
0: I know it's amazing how much that just that one that dollar in price really makes a difference.
1: It really does because I mean okay so compare that to Action Comics because I haven't oh, Uganda, there's two issues of Action Comics and right. I picked both up and they're three ninety nine and I'm like three ninety nine this is this is a problem for me now I am mm-hmm. now really aware of this um, and I read Action Comics six and I was just blown the fuck away and I was like yeah I'd pay I'd buy this if this was five dollars mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it was just that good right. And the same with Action I, 7. I was just like, yeah. this is great. This yeah, this indeed. is worth paying that money for. Justice League 6 is not. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, I don't know. There's nice touches, but there's also things that just make me go, no, 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 no. Um, Seeing Desaad as a silhouette, but he seems to be a silhouette of a monster rather than a man, I think entirely misses the point. Oh yeah That the sad is a guy Like he's just He's just a a normal guy Who's evil Because guess what Normal people are evil Or evil comes from Normal people Maybe not like All normal people are evil Um, Yeah it's just Things like that Really annoy me But at the same time You then get Wonder Woman and Aquaman Blind at Darkseid Which is kind of An awesome moment Mm -hmm. It doesn't need The amount of uh, Real estate it gets On the page Because those two moments Get uh, a page and three quarters um, but it, it's nice that those are the two characters that step up <clears throat>
2: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, I like Darkseid's motivation which completely came out of left field which is Darkseid doesn't give a shit about Earth he's looking for his missing daughter I really like that I like that they don't essentially defeat Darkseid as much as just get rid of him by making his boom jump explode and then they kind of like he's gonna be back right um, but but you know that uh, there's just so much that just doesn't work well enough for me to be like this is a great comic. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so it's it's really it's kind of sad. But at the same time, I went in and I didn't pick up Justice League Dark issue six at all. Hmm. And I really kind of enjoyed the first five issues, but I was just like, you know, now that I'm paying attention to my budget, I I don't like it that much. (laughs) And that that was the interesting thing, seeing what I picked up and seeing what I put back. It really was a case of, how much do I really like this? Now that that I'm really paying attention to what I'm spending, (laughs) how much do do I really genuinely want to read this stuff? Right. And to be fair, if OMAC wasn't getting cancelled with the next issue, I probably wouldn't keep buying OMAC.
0: Oh interesting. Uh, you know, I had right. I had jumped off after the Frankenstein issue and then was like, Oh, it's only around for two more issues. Well, I'll read it. And then this issue, even though it was like a little too heavy on I don't know, for lack of lack of a better term, the Kirby fan service. Yeah.
1: Um, I I still kind of enjoyed it. I actually still weirdly liked it. I, I, I liked it enough, but it was actually reading issue six and seven together. That just mm-hmm. made me think this series is actually going nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I because issue is, six is, I thought it, was six, terrible. Six is terrible. It really was like okay, I'm off the book, and then I found out I was being canceled at eight. and I'm like, eh, why not get the other two issues?
1: Yeah, that, that which was...
0: again is easier. It's that's an easier decision to make at two ninety nine than at three ninety nine. Weirdly enough, you know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, okay, I, I could throw six dollars down the toilet or throw eight dollars down the toilet. And for me, at eight dollars, it's like, whoo, no.
1: No, but that, you know. that, that's just it. It really does turn into a, how much, how much am I willing to pay for what I know is disposable entertainment? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and you and know. three dollars for some reason is infinitely more palatable to me than four dollars. It really is interesting.
0: I did not think, like, I'm sure that most people would like, you know, I would have just assumed, you know, sitting down with graphs or whatever, that the difference would have been between, like, say, $4 and $5. Sure. You know, where sure. suddenly with $5, suddenly it's like an increments of, you know, the difference between 8 and 10 seems so huge. But I, I, I'm surprised. I really am surprised. The difference between, um, you know, like I was saying with those, uh, those those three issues of defenders that i picked up again i've got all this stuff going on with marvel but i was like dude i dropped twelve dollars on you you and like for you to start saying like yeah now i'm really warming up and get a sense of what i'm doing it's like four dollars i do not have that sense of um largesse yeah once i've spent you know 12 bucks on you that's it if you but that's just it like
1: at that point you've broken the ten dollar mark
0: yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: At that part, it's I, I, when it's four dollars each, you have two issues genuinely to to get people's attention. Because I think once they're like, I've spent more than ten dollars, and I don't know where you're going, and I don't like being the person to support you finding out. Which I think is also completely valid. I I've enjoyed books in the past where they haven't really realized where they're going until late on, but I've really enjoyed them being like, what, what am I doing? Yeah, that that could be really entertaining. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think when you're paying that much, when I think you're, you know, three issues go over $10, mm-hmm. I think that's when you're just like, yeah, I can't do this. Right. But it's so strange because I'd never, not that i never thought of this before, because I've thought of the price point a lot, mm-hmm. but um, I guess, it had never really affected my buying decisions so much, right?
0: Yeah, me too. Well, me too. I bitched about it, like even when in, you know I was writing written reviews for the Savage Critic, I was very aware of like how price really paid a factor into it, and it was like, yeah, you can pay two bucks for something and it's an amazing book if you pay five or six it's like so i was aware of it but i was not aware of how much it seems to alter things at a really basic level like um like the way that you know the whole quote-unquote decompressed storytelling method that we that i associate with brian bendis for example Mm -hmm. i do not think that method works at 399 i really don't think that it works
1: well the other thing is of course you're paying 3 dollars uh, for Marvel books at least, for mm-hmm. 20 pages as well. As well. You, right. At least when you're with the DC book, you're paying 3 for it, and it's, it's like 30 pages of content. For example, the Justice League, which I didn't like, even though the, the Justice League story I think is 20 or 22 pages, there's then a, a reasonably filled backup strip. Which I think, which right. I think was the high point of the issue, to be honest. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's it's Pandora, the the hooded woman, right? Um, and basically just a tease for her storyline that's coming up. But that was definitely the the most enjoyable part of the issue for me. Um, in part because I like the backstory, uh, because it seems to be that she's somehow connected to the Phantom Stranger, and the Phantom Stranger seems to be Judas. Hmm. Um, And she also seems to be Pandora Right (laughs) Like they seem to literally be taking these characters from the bible uh, Which is (laughs) is, It's a risky idea Um, Yes
0: Although Pandora Mm. not from the bible just so you know
1: Where's Pandora from then Greek myth okay then you're in, I'm bound to you because my A. Bible knowledge and B. Greek mythology is the poor at best
0: I'm impressed I like
1: I'm I'm looking forward
0: to see who what else people can, can put in there it's like not only are they using like Jesus but Flippy the Wonder Whale is appearing <laughs> which Flippy the Wonder Whale died
1: for us all Jeff He did. He did. Hey, read Revelations. (laughs) Please (laughs) never read Revelations. I've I've told you before about the time when I was in art school where I decided I was going to read the Bible all the way through. No, we can compare stories. And what happened? Uh, I I came away with the idea that, like, it's a a really interesting book. Mm -hmm. But the idea that anyone can actually think that it happened...
0: I know is Did you make it Did
1: you read all the way through Yeah Did you make yeah, it through Yeah, I, oh, I'm, I'm impressed I made it through the Old Testament No I, I, I made I it never... through the whole thing And part of it wow. is I'm so Like it's the New Testament I didn't enjoy it Nearly as much as The Old Testament yeah the old testament's awesome isn't it the old testament is just just spectacular like spectacular storytelling i was gonna say spectacular writing but it's not the writing is terrible but spectacular right, exactly. storytelling it really is oh, yeah, stories in there yeah, are great. stuff in there
0: extraordinary also the thing that's amazing for me i don't know if i had told you about this but i sat down and was like okay i'm gonna read you know whatever three chapters a night or whatever and i'm gonna make my way through the old testament and then you know hit the new um So I'd read, you know, three chapters before bed or whatever, you know, figure out I could make it through to a good clip. I was shocked, like really impressively shocked at how many nights I woke up like in a cold sweat from the craziest fucking nightmares ever. Like, seriously, the Old Testament is an impressive nightmare making machine. It's like something out of Kirby, you know? I, I, it's like, but then
1: you get the New Testament, which is really
0: dull by comparison. It really is! You're like, I. that's why I was like, I was really looking forward to the New Testament, and like, really, and I was like, this is a snoozer, like, civilization's not getting wiped out anytime soon, is it? You know, whereas like, the hell it happens like 3 times and you've got like you know insane drunken incest and like you're you're barely out of genesis you know it's awesome <laughs> I laugh in this episode while well, we're reviewing the Bible. <laughs> the Bible. It is kind of bad. The plus side is we're giving it pretty good marks, technically. Yeah, well,
1: it has, I'm just impressed
0: yeah, it, that you, you read it. the Old Testament and the New Testament and you still thought Pandora and
1: Phoebe hey, the one it's, Whale were in it. has been some time. Honestly, I, if you'd asked me before that where did Pandora come from, I, I would have been like, I don't know, the Bible? I, w- wouldn't, <laughs> I, I genuinely wouldn't have known. <laughs> um, I was going to say... in savage critic terminology. I think we can both agree Old Testament is good to very good.
0: Absolutely.
1: But New, New Testament, Testament is
0: eh. eh. Yeah, isn't that weird? i I got to retry it again, because again, I didn't read the books of Revelation as I think the proper... Oh, course. you didn't? No, no, oh, I did. I, I skimmed it. It's the good stuff. I was going to say, it's that's kind of like stuff. the, the, the RPS
1: craziness, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I read it, because it's like a Godzilla movie. That part's awesome. But the all the other stuff, but I, I skipped ahead to it, so
1: I feel like it doesn't count. But yeah, no, the rest of the New Testament. Oof. Snoozer? Uh, yeah. Was, oh, yeah, so, yeah, the other thing I liked about the, the Pandora backup in Justice League was the revelation that they are, that Flashpoint is in continuity. Uh, how so? Oh, you mean like... Like the Phantom Stranger says, you rewrote reality. Oh, Pandora. yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. So they've right. like, given themselves the out. Oh, shit. you have a character saying... Right. You did we this, re-wrote. and this yeah. was wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh.
1: Right. And I don't know if anyone's picked up on this, but they've given themselves an out.
0: Well, we knew they had the out. I think the weird thing is, is I never would have expected them to invoke that out this early on, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I really would have expected them to have, like, an in-continuity-it-works-both-ways kind of way, you know, the way that Grant Morrison might do or something.
1: No, no, they, but, but they have... They have um, they have the out, out, seemingly being, being part of not even you know. You know here's, a little, here's a little, you know, a reference. a reference. It seems to be part of the main part of her plot. Right. She isn't is not because, because, yeah, because she did that. did that. Oof. Um. So that's that's really interesting to me. Not because I think, you know, they're they're think they're going to undo, undo it, it. Because, mm-hmm. but it makes me wonder whether they're going to do it again. again. <laughs> If they want, if they want the big crossover to be down the line, we're finally dealing with Pandora's story, and she's in trouble for doing this. Then they can theoretically be like, "We're going to try and fix her mistakes. Everything's yes. wrong, and they've done it right. again." Right. Well,
0: yeah, exactly. I do think that what they have up their sleeve is the idea that they're that the crossover is going to have. If they need it, it's going to have super big stakes at it, you know, of the idea of like, ooh, we got to go into this because everyone's got to pick it up to see if this is going to be the, the quote-unquote end of the new 52. Um,
1: and the, the other thing, because I, I was reading all of these in a sitting yesterday, I was also reading um the most recent Legion of Superior Secret Origin. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think that that's also in pre-Flashpoint continuity because it seems to entirely contradict the action comic story with the Legion in it. Oh. oh God. Damn it. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd actually be okay if they were just like, yeah, Legion's in a different continuity. Yeah, I kind of wish, wish they'd done that way back when instead of being like, well, hey, of course. there's a pocket universe and the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but, yeah. If they just mm-hmm. say, I write say, different a Earth. Different this is, this is Earth 3. Then I'd, I'd be completely fine with that. Yeah. Um, but instead, right now, we have... I mean, it just does not... Well, I guess you could kind of make it work with what happens in action, but you'd have to work at it.
0: Why? I swear to God, this always fucking happens with the Legion. Always. Always. And you know, it's fascinating to me. It's because... I think it has something to do with the fact that the Legion is a huge component of Superman mythology. Yes. You know, that there's yes. a group of people who apparently, I think, rightly believe that the Legion is a, a, a sort of inextricably, inextricably tied to Superman. And therefore, if they're redoing their take on Superman, they have to redo their take on the Legion. Yeah, And then, of course, there's the poor slobs who are actually in charge of the Legion as its own independent functioning thing. And they um, always, get always get fucked.
1: They always uh, get what's fucked. What's funny, funny is, two times now, two it's, times it's most Paul most <laughs> <have> been <laughs> Paul Levitz. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, it's, 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 what's sad, though, is sad that, means that means I feel that, that Paul Levis, that Levis is, actually is actually really getting fucked, really getting fucked now getting by, Grant Grant Morrison. Morrison. by Grant Morrison. Because Grant Morrison's the one who's making the changes in the characters. What's particularly sad is I prefer Grant Morrison's version of the Legion mhm I think his characterizations of them and also his version of Superman meeting them for the first time right it's just so much more interesting than the quote unquote traditional right um but yeah so the secret origins is we're going back in time to meet Superman for the first time and it's a significantly older Clark Kent mm-hmm. um for one thing mhm but also, like, it just, I don't know, it, the two just don't play well together. Right. And so, yeah, I really just kind of want them to be like, yeah, Legion, ha- Legion happens in Earth 3. Right. Well, it would help. Uh, I, I, I
0: don't know. <clears throat> it, it's funny. I, uh, to, to, to jump off, um, this is something I did not want to talk about because it does not make me look particularly good. But um what well, you're going to do it anyway. No one is forcing you, know, you to do this, I just, Dude, it never stops me, is the thing. We've all learned at this point. Um so uh on Tuesday night we watched part one of the season finale for season five of Doctor Who. Okay. And then last night we watched the part two of mm-hmm. the finale. Right before part two began, uh, I took a sleeping pill, figuring it would kick in later uh, <laughs> after the episode, and it did not. I managed to stay awake for the entire episode, but I woke up the next, literally the, this morning when I woke up, the first words out of my mouth to Edie were like, what the fuck happened on Doctor Who? <laughs> like, I really was like, I I remember... I. I only remember about 15 minutes of it, but I have to say, Graham, those 15 minutes were pretty darn nonsensical. Um, I'll I'll have to come back to it. Let's just say that you're branching Legion, and I'm like, I think that, and and I knew, I knew in the same way that certain people who might have, like, you know, problems with, like, their livers should not, like, drink uh, alcohol copiously and then pop some prescription sleeping pills— uh, I think that me with my allergy to time travel, it's always been kind of a weird like, you know, oh, this is great until I end up in the emergency room with antihistamines being like, you know, shoved down my neck to so that I can actually breathe. I'm not sure I'm cut out for time, a series about a time traveling dude, especially when people get tired and suddenly they're like, oh, <laughs> we're just going to wave our hands and everything's going to work out, you know, like it was pretty... I'll have to come back to it next week, but A, it was kind of weak sauce, and B, I'm thinking that the other problem that the Legion has is the fact that time travel is so tightly bound up into it, and so pretty much everyone kind of going into it, no matter how much rigor person A decides they're going to have about the Legion, person B is like, oh, you can get away and do anything. Like, it's okay. Pocket universe. Different person you know strange time flux in the capacitor of waves hey let's make that a storyline itself you know what i mean and then suddenly you're you're off and running i get i guess what i'm trying to say is the thing that's horrific about time travel stories is any inherent weakness in the story you've got the perfect because i was yeah yeah and that somehow instead of it almost makes always makes it worse is what i think
1: I'm still stuck on, the, I'm stuck on the the last episode is week sauce cuz I honestly that's has some of my favorite time tra- travel, travel stuff/jokes travel stuff slash of, jokes of anything. anything.
0: Yes. But then yeah, I I also stuff, th-
1: like I also on think on, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure uh, is one of the best time travel movies in the world. Sure, so. Sure. You know, so yeah, 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 Don't trust yeah. me. Um but yeah, uh, Legion uh, is uh, The annoying thing about Legion is uh, Legion you can do the Legion just fine without uh, time travel. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just that you're yeah, right. The Legion is so tied to Superman mm-hmm. that time travel always gets brought into it, and it always gets brought into it to the detriment of the Legion as a standalone concept. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a shame. It, it is a shame because I, I think the basic Legion concept is mm-hmm. just spectacular. Right. It's just that it has this the. the Bad luck to be created as a Superman spin off.
0: Well, yeah, in a way that it just can never escape it. Yeah, like, no, no. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that really unfortunately just keeps getting sucked into the vortex of its own. You know, I, I'm sure that there's some probably. I am
1: tend to say Wolverine.
2: Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: That's actually kind of good. I was thinking within DC, but yeah, that is kind of a, a, a good one. Within um, DC. Ah. Uh... <sighs> Or some might say the Punisher to an extent um, because the Punisher was born in the Marvel Universe very clearly um, and functioned really well outside it, you know, until it didn't. And now the only version that exists is still kind of back in a version with superheroes and supervillains, and and it kind of doesn't make much
1: sense. But that's partially because Marvel loves to put all of its toys in the one box.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. you know, and DC's just got some other different weirdo things going on. In DC, I was thinking maybe something like I'm sure there's probably some night fan, Nightwing fans. I was, was gonna always, say, yeah, who are always yeah. like, why
1: does he have to go back to Batman all the time? Yeah, uh, exactly. I think Birds of Prey actually suffers from that. Mm-hmm. The Birds of Prey keeps on sort of circling around the Batman books, when oh, I spe- yeah, especially especially at this true. point, there's absolutely no reason for it to. Do. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, because Oracle's right. Oracle didn't seem to exist anymore, first of all, but also she's not with the team. So, right. but then they're like, well, Poison Ivy is in the book, so obviously it's a Batman book. And it's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's your justification? Holy shit. Right. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think the more, I don't know, I think it's also part of the comic culture now. I think franchising is a thing. So it's not, for example, when Marvel were like, there's a Wolverine family of books. Mm hmm. And you're kind of like, this is the worst idea ever. Right? The Wolverine family books? <laughs> Isn't Wolverine right. part of the X-Men family books? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No. Agreed. And um, same. So you know, you guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, the New Fifty Two is split into families. Even when it's like, it's the edge. Or <laughs> this is DC dark. Right. And it, you're you're making up the the quote unquote family, but everything right. is everything is franchised. Right. Well, with,
0: and with DC, I guess in a weird way, that sort of, I almost feel like it, it, it's more arbitrary, but I've seen, an, you, you see enough behind the curtain that it's like, oh, okay. Uh, this is, this is how these guys keep track of who's editing what, yeah. essentially, you know. But over Marvel, you're right. It is a little strange and off putting when it's, you know, like you said, the Wolverine family. And, and also because I think there's, um, there's such an inherent conflict. I know that people like Hibs for example wanted Batman far away from all the Batman family titles. That those were just leeching sales away from Batman and weren't really strong I mean, enough to You mean the title own. Batman or the character Batman? uh i would say the main what he thought of as the main batman titles which okay. if you you know and this was pre new 52 um which would be like batman and detective yes yeah i don't even think he was counting on all the other ancillary batman things but his whole thing was like every time you turned around and there was a crossover with batgirl and robin and nightwing he was like that's just not only was that dumb but he was just like you know n- his thing and he's a DC store. is like, nobody wants to read those titles. You're just propping them up because Batman fans will buy them because they're part of the Batman family. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is, I think that's the problem. I mean, there's the franchising, but also sadly the fact that, um, the characters never really get a chance to grow enough to uh, reach escape velocity because whenever sales start getting weak, they throw them back in under the umbrella
1: well, okay. Here, here's a uh, something that might prove or, in my mind, disprove your point. Mm-hmm. Superboy, I feel, isn't really related to the Superboy title, Superman titles. Superboy, mm-hmm. for years now, has always seemed more of a Teen Titans title. Hmm. Hmm. And I mean, now, for example, the Superman title has almost no relation to Superman. Yeah.
0: As far as I can tell, I haven't read Superboy, but it certainly sounds like that's how they're handling it.
1: But even before that, I mean, that, I mean Superboy, Superboy... He Even when they were doing the World of New Krypton and Superboy was tying in with the... the, the, the Adventure Comics was tying in with the thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's something about that character that doesn't feel Superman-ish enough. it well, feels like he has escaped, and I feel that before... Um, Tim Drake gave up being Robin he was the same mm-hmm. thing I feel that Robin had or was starting to have an yeah I think Robin state. was as well and absolutely. then all of a sudden they're like well he's he's read Robin and Robin's Damien and he's not got his own book anymore he's in Batman and Robin and I feel that that was actually a move to fix that sort of thing because all of a sudden Robin was existing as an uh, an external entity right, right. well and it, it, that's actually a really
0: good point um, and probably, you know, in its way, a good solution. The Superman, Superboy thing's always harder for me cause I can't help but feel that there's some weird aspect of, of the Siegel and Schuster lawsuit that is at play with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can never quite, I can never quite figure out where it is, you know, where they're kind of like someday there's going to be, you know, uh, some court is going to defend you know render its uh, final and definitive judgment as to whether superboy is a derivative work or, or not yeah
1: and yeah. and, and I, I 3 months after feel, that you know yeah we'll superboy out. is no longer going to be called superboy he's going to be called you know you know awesome Connor. awesome
0: Connor. yeah power lad or yeah something did you say awesome con
1: Awesome Connor, because awesome his name's awesome. Oh, awesome Connor, awesome Connor. Mm. Awesome Khan con. is the convention <laughs> I'm planning.
0: Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, we're only
1: awesome people are coming." Yeah, there you go. Or I was thinking that you were like, it was
0: related. Oh, only descendants of Genghis Khan were like invited. Oh my god, that would be spectacular. Yeah. Genghis Khan. Yeah, Geng- Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Of course, I'm a big fan of Genghis Khan Khan, but, you know, that's... Uh,
1: that's when all the people, all the dancers dress like Genghis Khan, come on. Exactly.
0: It's the yeah. Khan Khan Can-Can. Uh, I don't even like puns. I, now I want to go hang <laughs> myself.
1: So, uh, let's talk about other books uh, that you um, picked up. see. Pick uh, oh, The Fairest, or Fairest, I think it's just called. The, the, it's mm. Fable Spinoff. Fable spin-off. Right. Do you like Fables? Have we talked about this before? We've talked about this. I got 20 issues in and gave up, basically. Wasn't uh, really my thing. I, I love Fables. I read mm-hmm. Fables in trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it. And f- the first issue of fa- Fairest pretty much convinced me that if I'm going to like Fairest, I'm going to have to read it in trade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because as a, a single issue, it's mm-hmm. not there for me. Is pretty slight. Well, did you? It's not that Jack... it's slight. It's just that, it, it's just that it it feels it, like it's taking a really long time to go somewhere, somewhere? Mm-hmm. and doesn't get enough there for me to feel it's a, a a full piece of entertainment. Right. Um, but it's not slight. Like it's it's packed. Oh. It's just not packed in the right way. If that makes sense. Huh. I mean, this. Well, it's not a slow book. Right. Um, um it's just that it's just what's, what's there, there isn't enough story. Well, and this brings up a unfortunately
0: because of the earlier everything that we were talking about earlier uh in the sense of what what it's what your money is worth or what you expect. I think I'm going to have to call you on that and say can you can you clarify? Can you explain why that? Because I'm assuming a that it's a two ninety nine.
1: It is a two ninety nine.
0: And b like what does that mean? And where's the balance? I guess
1: the balance is where it gets to in the final page as a cliffhanger mm-hmm. is where you knew it was going to get to pretty much from like the fifth page of the comic. Mm. Um, and you haven't learned enough. About the characters characters, Or really the situation To make it feel like you've done a lot With the other 15 pages Mm, That's not good But at the same time It's packed This is not a decompressed book right? It's just that I think when you read it in a collection Or if you get all the issues What you'll realize is Oh there's an incredible amount of groundwork Being laid in that first issue Right because a lot of it is like, here's a, here's, a here's a new character, here's a new character, here's a new character, here's a new character. But none of them are there for long enough that you're like, well, this is the story they have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like maybe it is writing for the trade, but it doesn't feel like writing for the trade in the same way that like a Bendis Avengers does. Exactly. Uh, but at the same time, it does still feel like it's not enough entertainment to be... Right, it's right
2: in this format.
1: This format. Hmm. It's really interesting. I mean,
0: Lord knows, first issues, first anything, first chapters, <clears> any of that stuff is usually the by far the the rockiest path for exactly that reason. But uh, you know, if nothing else, then you've got to set up a groundwork before you can you know pull it out from underneath people, I guess. But um, that's interesting. Uh, who who wrote it? Bill. It's Bill, it's Bill Oh yeah. Oh wow. Interesting
1: um, You know what is a first issue that is great And I actually don't think it's out Because I think it's out next week But I got a uh, copy in the mail Yes Saucer Country The Paul Cornell vertical book Oh Everyone who's wanted The X-Files meets The Invisibles You want to be mm-hmm. buying this comic Wow um, it's a, it, I really liked it and I don't—I didn't even really like The X Files, but there's there's something I don't know. It's again, it's got a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of here's a new character, here's a new character, but they stay with the main character enough. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is the journey, this is the reveal. This reveal feels like it's paying something off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, it's not. It's not anything new. And in many ways, it feels like it's at least 10 years out of date. Mm-hmm. But there's something more attractive to me about it because of that. It's hmm. You know, it's definitely not bandwagon jumping to do alien abduction stories in 2012, in the same way that it would have been in, like, you know, 1998. Yes. Um, and so I'm kind of interested in, you know, it makes me feel that there must be a reason for doing the story then. Mm-hmm. Does that, make sense? does
0: that make sense? It does. It. I'm. I. Sorry. I had a moment of like. Eh, maybe. I mean. You know. Because. Because you're right. Um. I'm n- weirdly, notoriously, um, curmudgeonly on things like that. I remember the first issue of <laughs> Why the Last Man. I was like reading it and like, oh, that's kind of a dog, you know. And I couldn't have been more wrong, you know, both in terms of. Uh, um, its own reception and frankly I ended up reading at least more than half the series but you know, but at the time I was like, "Ah, it's really just kind of a warmed up sci-fi movie 101 and of course how how he tilts it, how he turns it upside down makes all the difference and I can see with Cornell that would be the same case. That being said, depending on who the person was, if it wasn't Cornell writing it, I'd be like yeah maybe you know weirdly enough I just don't necessarily have enough faith in, in Vertigo's editors or for some of the talent that I would be like oh yeah they're going to be putting a new spin on it as much as like uh, or this is something they wanted to do for 14 years and they finally were able to you know crack yeah.
1: that yeah. It, it's 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 editorial it, it's, it's funny that it's you're funny talking about you know because it's Cornell because Cornell burned it's a lot of his good, 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 faith, good, faith, good faith with me um, mm-hmm. um, with Stormwatch, Stormwatch. Mm. which I thought ultimately was just, was just this terrible just misfire,
2: misfire.
1: hmm um but no it's I, um, I, really, I, I really, really thought the saucer, saucer country's first issue is is it's really it's strong, strong. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's funny when you mentioned Why the last bank because I was like yeah that's what it reminded me of it reminds me, me of the first issue of Why the, last Why the last Man interesting hmm um well, it it's it, very it, well for it Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, it's kind of a Brian K. Vaughan comic And I, I mm-hmm. would not have thought about that, thought about that But even, but I mean, the, the structure, structure is really Brian K. Vaughan. It, it ends with, with the with final the page, page splash, big cliffhanger, cliffhanger, cliffhanger moment, moment. Mm-hmm. The same way mm-hmm. that Vaughan, Vaughan used to Right, right um, Yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes But as far as the first issue goes it, it's, it's miles ahead of the fairest um, mm-hmm. But also just just good Good yeah, that you dug it. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> and so that is that is what I bought. I also got something in the library that is fairly recent that I want to talk about. But why don't we talk about what you bought, Jeff?
0: Okay, that is a great segue, I think. Because um, I walked out of the store yesterday with essentially ten comics. Uh, and I wanted to mention that f- five of them were image books, interestingly enough. Um, and... Uh, let's see here three of them were first issues so I feel like the first issue thing would allow me to sort of walk into comparison and contrast I'm trying um, to think what first the, issues came out from me there's hell yeah there's hell yeah yes what else was there this week uh, the first issue of uh, Grace Rudolph's Superbia oh yeah oh yeah which I ended up picking up and I, I have to say I wouldn't have picked it up if it hadn't been for for Rich Johnston talking it up on, Manhattan, uh, on uh, Bleeding Cool mm-hmm. and uh, Manhattan Projects by Jonathan Hickman and let me get the writer down uh, the artist Nick Patera um, which I keep wanting to give Hickman the benefit of the doubt and uh, Matt who works the counter at CE really dug Manhattan Projects and I was like, okay, I will give this a try. So um
1: <laughs> I could I could tell which way this is going already.
0: Well yeah. Okay, well so here's the th- here's the thing that's really interesting. Do you, do you know the pitch behind uh Manhattan Projects? I'm
1: I I, I, have to I honestly warn you. I don't, but that's yes. only because Hickman's do- like he's also got Secret coming out soon. And I can't yeah. remember which one's which.
0: Okay. Uh well I will um uh, for you or for listeners who who want to keep their ears virginal about the 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 particularly the big twist about the Manhattan projects I'm going to discuss it especially as it weighs into the um, the, the the premise of the book so Manhattan projects takes place uh, essentially with the recruitment of uh, Robert Oppenheimer to uh, work on the uh, the man the manhattan projects plural which are essentially the top secret projects that the u.s is working on for which the um the building of the atomic bomb is just the cover story so it has a lot of they're dealing with like you know they're f- they're fighting the japanese of a, of an alternate parallel earth um you know at one point they 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 have to deal with a, a red Tory that's zen powered by death buddhists it's very much and I don't think that you know I don't mean this to uh, to diminish or belittle what Hickman's going to do trying to do but it reads very much as if someone was going to be like I want to write a Grant Morrison comic and the art feels like the artist is like and I want to draw a Jeff Darrow comic so it seems like it could be a super sweet uh, insane um, blend of um of, you know, a Grant Morrison doing a Jeff Darrow book where the big ideas come at you super relentlessly um and it's just packed with so deep so much detail. It's a lot of mi- it's kind of mind-blowing. The twist such as it is is that Robert Oppenheimer and I have to admit I was like I should go to Wikipedia and check this out. The the premise is is that Robert Robert Oppenheimer has a twin brother and you see their stories play out in parallel um you know panels the top half being robert and the bottom half being what joseph i don't i don't remember
2: paul the
0: oppenheimer yeah exactly and um his the 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 brother is essentially a, a lunatic and a serial killer who's, like, put away forever after having, you know, gone on a killing spree. And the way that Robert Oppenheimer has embraced chaos, uh, sorry, order, his brother has embraced sort of chaos and sort of anti-life, essentially. So by the end of the first book, after Oppenheimer has, you know, helped man the machine guns and, and fight off the, the crazy berserk, you know, robot samurai from Planet 10 or whatever it is, you find out that he has it is it is actually yeah Joseph Oppenheimer had the the crazy one has escaped killed and eaten his brother and taken his place so so on the one hand the moxie at the end of the first issue of like he's telling a story with Robert Oppenheimer's insane serial killing brother having taken his place to work on the uh insane secret like it's 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 such a um kind of demented, half insane, crazy, you know, version of a parallel earth story sort of mm-hmm. um that it should be awesome. Like I know and in fact, you know, clearly Mad at Comics Experience thought so and and I was kinda like, huh, I wonder why I'm not loving this, you know, because there's kind of that idea of like, yeah, I really would have loved the TV show Eureka if like Charles Manson had been one of the central characters I guess you know like I'm kind of like yeah I could, I could see that appeal I, I might make a go of that but at, the, but at the same time I was also just weirdly kind of annoyed and offended uh, that makes me think that I'm not willing to give Hickman the benefit of the doubt still
1: what's hilarious is you got to the part where he's like he killed him and took his place that was where I was just like that is the worst idea ever yeah <laughs> Thank you. But it is. It's just one of those like, what if I have this high concept and this high concept, this high concept, and I put them all together. And yes, it's like, yes. that doesn't make it more awesome. That, that's, that overpowers it to the point where all you're aware of is how ridiculous it is.
0: Right. <laughs> well, and, and there might be something to be said for that. I mean, as a guy who I have to say for, for myself, I spent a certain amount of time pushing for the, the the big mad ideas you know, a la Grant Morrison like at a certain point I was like, you know if there's anything that comics can bring you know, that, that any other media, medium cannot, it's the it's the big mad ideas sure, but know, that, that, taking...
1: that's not an idea that only comics can bring right, that's a hacky idea that, idea. that anyone, anyone, could, anyone do. could do right, any medium can do there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing about that that makes it particularly like, this is the freedom that you have with comics, because it sounds like someone has gone to NBC and said, I've got this great idea from Mad Men, but it's scientists instead in the 50s, but there's going to be a twist, so the people who like Lost will watch it as well. Right. Right. Well, and, and that... That could
0: be. I mean, I think. Let's put it this way. I think that the, the that it is the, for lack of a better term, it is everything that that people think are things that only comics can do. Um, but I think you're right. Frankly, just about anybody can do that now. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Hickman does a variety of things, um, like par- playing out their stories on uh, parallel planes on on a page. It is very comics-oriented, you know, that sort of dual narrative thing that, mm-hmm. that is good. And there's also something strangely resonant I realized when I woke up of the idea of just as there is a secret project underneath the Manhattan Projects, there is a secret person underneath Oppenheimer, you know? Like, there's, there is a pair that he's – what he's doing, although it's hacky – is base is a thematically parallel concept?
1: Sure, but sure. do that with Oppenheimer. Not it's, it's not really Oppenheimer. It's his brother who's murdered the real Oppenheimer and taken his place. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like well, that. Yeah. Revenge on TV would think that is too overblown a plot. Yes, <laughs> and it's a television show called Revenge for Fox. It um, have you? I, have you read Shield? Hickman's Shield. I read the first.
0: Four issues, five issues on it, and punted. Like seriously, four issues in, and that would that. Actually, was pretty much the disparity between the reading experience that I was having and the and the reading experience that other people around me yes. were having was where I went. Okay, this guy is
1: not for me. I read, I read the collection this past week. Mm-hmm. This, this isn't the thing I from the library, although I also got this from the library. Um, and I, I am stunned that people have lionized in the way that they have because Mm -hmm. my experience in reading it was like 180 degrees from that yeah and and also the end of that first trade which I think was the first series Mm -hmm. is again so hilariously hacky Mm. That I can't believe people are like, I can't wait for that series to come back. (laughs) Even if I was enjoying everything else at that point, the end, because the end of the series is so before this, it's got got like, you know, Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio. That would be great. The fantastic (laughs) Italian scientist, Leonardo
0: DiCaprio, who invented the flying machine. Oh, that is so good. I so want to remake Hudson Hawk now. Uh,. Yes. Anyway, yes. Leonardo um, no, no, da Vinci. Leonardo
1: da Vinci, and they've also got um, Howard Stark and Reed Richards' dad, whose name, whatever his name is, and all these famous real-life historical figures, and they're all like, you know, there's a secret society, and we all know when the world is going to end, so we're just keeping the world safe until the world's supposed to end. And here's a cosmic being, and the end of the book is the cosmic being being like, I am Michelangelo. <laughs> That's the last page. Yeah, yeah. And it's like... This is the worst thing in the world.
0: It was really bad, wasn't it? I was stunned by how much... And again, it's one of those weird things where, um... You know, you, you were talking a couple of weeks ago about how essentially if people were doing punk right, you're not going to approve of it. Yeah. You know? And I kind of have this thing of like, okay, maybe Hickman is actually doing it. Maybe he's bridging a generation gap. Maybe the thing that... Part of what he's doing right, um... By nature
1: means choosing us,
0: yeah. Is is that we're going to really hate it? Like everyone's like, oh, but I love the fact that it, you know, profanes living people, and I and I adore the fact that it renders, you know. Uh, 40 years of Marvel history, absolutely nonsensical. And even best is, when he puts in new characters, they have no characterization at all. They are just ciphers that he was reliant on for, like, names. You know, like, I really didn't like any... Like, at every stage of it, I was just like, this is... Like it struck me as profoundly inept that I'm sort of wondering if, like, you know, some some prog rock dude walking out of his, you know, um, Moody Blues concert would feel after stumbling in on, uh, you know, the Ramones or something. I don't, you know, I I, just, I honestly don't know. Like oh, no, I, I, kind I, I of think
1: am... I think there's an element of that, and I mm-hmm. also think that what it is is Hickman is close enough to and ambitious ambitious enough enough. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, he's close enough enough to to the the Grant Morrison Morrison ideal Mm -hmm. that people are convinced that even if something does not work for them them, that it's their fault
2: fault.
1: Right. because you get things like like, um, um, you get people reading into all these sort of things Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially on his Fantastic Four I think people are reading an awful lot into Stuff that isn't really there
2: mm-hmm.
1: And they're like that's because he's so good He doesn't need to do it And it's like mm-hmm. or he's just not good And he didn't think to do it mm-hmm. but, the, but, mm-hmm. the, but the reader is Has such faith In the idea of Jonathan Hickman mm-hmm. That they provide All this credit And to be fair I think that a lot of people Myself included do that for Grant Morrison Right. Oh, I think so. I because after reading um, Action 6, which I loved, I mean, I was mm-hmm. blown away by Action 6, mm-hmm. I also thought, if I had never read a Grant Morrison comic before, if I didn't recognize these tropes, mm-hmm. Action 6 would be the most frustrating, inept comic I'd read. Interesting,
0: because I have to say, I I actually adored issue 7 so much more than 6. The whole, the, uh, part of it is context, but... That entire storyline kind of baffled me and frustrated me, and I couldn't figure out why it was there, or why it, how why it was happening the way it was happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm like I might as well step forward and out myself. I'm like I did not like that issue, and but I also had that feeling of like I also wasn't paying close enough attention because I really was like, why is what the fuck happened to Metropolis in the Bottled City? Am I not? Where are the cues on that one? Should I be looking this up on the internet? So. Um, what do you mean? Yeah.
1: Where are the cues? They tell you. See, that's one of the things I really like about Action Six. He tells you how that story ends, and before, like two issues before he ends it. I love the ballsiness of that. I love the ballsiness of issues five and six happen in chronology, but because of time travel, it's happening outside of the character's chronology. Things like that, I just make me love it. Because what you're getting is the end of Grand Morrison's run at the start of Grand Morrison's run because it's Mm -hmm. a time travel story, so it's actually happening between issues four and seven.
0: Right. I love that.
1: Stuff that's going on with the with the rocket. Yeah, which what they actually say. Well actually it doesn't take place it takes place after issue eight. But yeah, he he he, says this is just after I defeated the collector, and then the characters tell you how they defeated the collector. collector. I love that sort sort of stuff yeah somehow it didn't work for me i, yeah, but, I can but that, see it but that's what i'm saying like know. because i have the because i've read enough grandmarson comics i'm like he's playing with chronology this is great <laughs> whereas like anyone who doesn't anyone who doesn't have that anyone who hasn't read a grandmarson comic or you know or doesn't make that jump it's right. why have they broken up this story to tell me this other story about something apparently happening five years in the future that they're not explaining who are all these characters Whereas yeah. I read it, I'm like, he's gonna introduce these characters in the future. Awesome. And then they're gonna shoot themselves with his brain and he won't know about it. <laughs> Whereas like the, the sensible way of reading it is who are these characters? Right. Right. Well why, why no, should I know I yeah, why exactly. these characters are being defeated. Um, yeah. and I think there's I think Hickman gets a lot of that gets a lot of what I'm giving Morrison, but don't give Hickman. Sure. Yeah, I think Hickman exactly. gets a lot of he is awesome because I'm making this leap with him. Right. Whereas well, I, I don't make the leap with Hickman, and so I'm like, well, he's ju- it's just not there. Right. Well,
0: and I read Manhattan Projects, and this was the closest that I've come. Like I said, when I woke up and it was like, oh, the parallel structure, and then looked through the book and saw the various things in it, I was like, this is very intelligently put together. Like it's put together with that, again, that sort of same, um, what, like attention to playing with things. Make, uh, play, playing with things at thematic levels more than 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 the than at other levels, say, such that if you, you know, the more thought you give it, sort of the deeper the experience can get. I was like, okay, that is in there in the Manhattan Projects. And yet it still wasn't enough. I still was like, it still didn't work for me. Um, and, and interestingly enough, there are times where Morrison, to me, has hits and misses. Five and six were a miss for me. I totally get... I get what you're saying and part of me is I know that part of the problem was in my brain the first thing I jumped to was fuck there was an Action Comics annual and I missed it you know Mm -hmm. that I don't that I'm not paying enough attention to the shipping list that they either A they shipped the conclusion and I missed it or B it was like that fucking Jeff Johns um, Richard Donner thing where it was like okay well we'll be wrapping this up next year in the annual look for it it'll be awesome kind of thing like yeah. I weirdly didn't have the faith in myself or the situation. So I think that probably sour things. Okay. There were lots of things. Again, that whole brilliant thing with the, the location of that Tesseract was awesome. Um, but there was enough in it at the same time that I was like, it, it didn't work for me. So that that is an interesting comparison. Manhattan Projects, I do not think you would like it for the same reason I didn't like it, if not more so. I re- I was I I having read it I kind of have a sort of go with God Jonathan Hickman I'm not really going to badmouth you but I also think I I'm also pretty convinced that his work is never going to be for me.
1: Yeah that that's that's where I keep coming out the more I read Jonathan Hickman I'm like yeah. I'm so glad people love you but I don't get it.
0: Yeah I really don't well at least this one did strike me as a little bit better than because uh, I still am convinced that Shield is just testing. Uh, the other number one issue before I get to Superbia is I read uh, Hell Yeah by uh, Keating, Joe Keating and art by
1: Yes? I was going to say I com- actually completely forgot to look for that at the store because I really wanted to read it and I completely forgot to look for it. Look for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm really annoyed at myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you can pick it up next week and uh, we can talk about it but I part of it was the art. I thought was not strong um and part of it was i let's put it this way i can totally see why mark miller blurbed it because it is it is the most successful malarist book that
1: i've read in a long time
0: hell hell yeah number one really does
1: that, that is that is not a compliment
0: I know, I know, and I'm sorry. I love Joe a lot. I thought he did a fantastic job on Glory. I can see even where Helian yeah, is going to work for certain people, but it re- read to me nothing more than like... And and I, I will give him this, and it's not going to sound like a compliment, but it I think it is. I think you and I have talked about how um, amazing numbers of writers have looked to Miller and tried to figure out how to rip him off and make it work and, and failed. And I think, I think Keating actually has come the closest. Um, uh, Hell yeah, number one really does strike me as uh, it, 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 it's almost like reading. um, And I mean, it's not, but it is, but it's not. It's a lot like reading uh, the, the first issue of, of like wanted the continuing comic even though it doesn't have super villains it doesn't have any of the other stuff it's just he figured out how to pace something that's in a very malari way a way of pushing the dialogue exposition into the front in a way that somehow like simultaneously somehow sticks out but doesn't you know is jarring once you know what you're looking for but not necessarily if you're not um it's it's a, it's a very strange book it's a, in that sense it's a very strange book and there's a lot of stuff jammed into that first issue um but it also has a for every one thing that i liked about it there were there were there was at least two things that i didn't that i didn't like or didn't
1: work so I think you've managed (laughs) to talk me into buying that digitally a month from now when it's a dollar (laughs) cheaper. Well, that's great, and I would love to discuss it, because it would be great if you were either like, oh, you're wrong, or, oh, you're probably right. You know what's kind of funny? My response to that pretty much is, if he's really done that, then I'm really happy for him as a friend, because it probably means it's going to be a massive success, but it's probably not something I want to read.
0: Right. Right, and I think that's kind of the way that I feel. Although, we'll see we'll see how that works out. We'll see how that works out. Um, honestly, I think the secret to Miller is that Miller's aware of, and I think, honestly, Keating, I think Keating's probably aware of it, too, in a way, is Miller, God bless him, realizes that he's nothing without his artists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he's very careful about... He makes it a point to go about and poach the best people, what he sees as the best people, mm-hmm. and whether or not he actually tailors his work for them or that work just works out perfectly, I, I, six of one half dozen of another, I think. But I think I can see if if Joe does line himself up with like dudes that the marketplace realizes is a big talent, I think he could. I think he could blow up big. Like, and in that sense of not the way that you and I would like be happy about per se, but in the sense of like, if he did a comic book with Ed McGinnis, I can see a lot of people going, ah, okay, finally, this is, you know, this is the book, this is the Loeb McGinnis book that I, I miss reading, you know, Mm -hmm. that doesn't sound, sound, uh, um, like I I really feel like the, 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 the damning of faint praise is all over every word that I say. Not my cup of tea. I like Gloria a lot better. Um, But, uh, yeah, definitely if you can snag yourself a copy, it would be amazing to see what you thought.
1: Okay, so what about Superbia? Because I have to tell you, I read Rich Johnson's review, and Mm -hmm. I just didn't believe it. I was like, this is someone who writes for your site in a a comic published by someone you're working for. I don't believe this level of hype. I just don't. Yeah. So it, am uh, I wrong? Right. Does it live up to his, this is the next step after Watchmen, hype? No, of course not. I mean, it
0: really isn't. It, it, it's not, um, it's nowhere near close. Uh, but let's see, how can we put this? And I kind of knew it, but it did at least get me to pick it up and flip through it. And the thing that made it work for me, although honestly, again, I, uh, at three ninety nine, I'm not sure if I will be picking up future issues. What's interesting to me is is that uh, is that is that Grace Randolph does. She's got a, a certain number of mistakes in her storytelling, and especially the artist uh, Russell Dodderman has um, kind of fucked things up uh, a little bit too. Like, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of action where like things get spilled over. Like at one point a character reaches out for a bunch of pills on a tray and somehow manages to knock it to the ground. Mm -hmm. The way that the table is drawn, there is absolutely no way in the name of Jesus that that tray could accident accidentally get knocked to the ground. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things of like it, I'm sure it really didn't like there were things in this where especially where things get knocked down or people stumble across things by mistake where the artist is like, I don't really understand how that would happen and either didn't have the time or the communication wasn't enough to, to nail it down with the editor or the writer that they just went, well, I'm going to go with it, you know? Um, but I, you know, I'm kind of a sucker for analogs. I really am. We, we've, as you know. we've talked about this before. Yeah. Exactly. So to me, the idea that you have essentially a a suburb where you've got a, a Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman analog and what appears to be a Captain America analog, uh, all essentially living in their secret identities with their wives, but they all know each other's secret identities, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and telling the point of view... Currently, the point of view is strongly from the wives' side of things. Uh, was actually a pretty good hook. I mean, it's a pretty good hook. It, it's it's a much stronger two ninety nine hook than a three ninety nine hook, and I, I'm sure there are people who are going to read it and be like, "This was like the you know the cheesiest parts of The Incredibles meets the cheesiest parts of Desperate Housewives," um, except because you know be, because one of the one of the characters is wonder woman one of the desperate housewives is actually a house husband i mm-hmm. guess um and yet it kind of worked for me i was like there's enough here there's some interesting choices i kind of worry that it's going straight into like of course there's a scene where the Batman analog's wife catches him fooling around with his his male young sidekick down in the cave. That I'm like, Ugh, oh boy, you know, such, such is the such is the problem with analogs. I think, but I'm hoping that it's going to go in enough interesting places uh, that I'm I'm genuinely willing to check out a second issue, um, despite the fact that it's flawed. It's at least. It's at least flawed in a way where I felt that there was a conviction or a connection to characterization the way that Jeff likes it, that Mm -hmm. that Jeff is willing to talk about himself in the third issue and pick up a second issue. Wait, third person person. (laughs) issues? Blew that joke. Anyway, so yeah. I think you made that joke so much better. Yeah, exactly. Not the way you were intended, Jeff. So yeah, picked up. Those those were my first issues, and then the other two uh, image, the other two, well, other three, the three image books, other three image books I picked up were Walking Dead ninety four, Orkstein number seven, and Fatal number three, which um, is weirdly enough like maybe the first issue that's really clicked for me. So, um, and. And Clicked is with some really heavy modifiers, you know, uh, qualifiers, such as you and I both felt kind of guilty for not liking the first issue or two issues, Mm -hmm. and I think talked about why. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And this was the first issue that really felt like it was coming together. But, I mean, you you would say that you liked it. it. I would say that I liked it, yeah. It's not perfect. It's really – it's not at criminal levels for me, but – at some point there was enough of a hook that I was like, oh, you know what? I'm really looking forward to the next issue of this coming out. You know? Like it had enough interesting things happen in it and enough of the puzzles start to come together that I'm like, oh, I'm I want to see it. it's still it's still far from ideal. I, let's put it this way. I can see myself continuing to pick it up. There's I would I'm I would lay money that this isn't still even more, not a Graham MacMillan book.
1: Yeah. I have to say, I didn't even pick up the second issue because the first issue I was like, eh, and I was pretty much, I'll read it in trade, right? Because right. I don't, I don't think I was going to get enough. I don't know, just enough per issue mm-hmm. for me to think this is worth the investment, right? Time or money, right? I'm, I'm a, I'm a trade waiter. I'm one of those people who's who's killing comics. <laughs>
0: Well, interestingly enough, the uh, yeah the the prelude of this, the first f- I don't know six or eight pages of it was definitely strong enough that I was like, oh, this is, you know, I I I think, and I could be wrong, that even when you read the trade, you're going to be you're going to come to the conclusion that it's just not your thing.
1: Oh, it's perfectly possible. It's perfectly possible.
0: Yeah. Um. And and I think that's a safer bet. I think that's the problem. Like, if you wait for a trade and you read something and you check it out, it's kind of like that somehow it's different, you know, there there is a weird when you're buying it in the single issues, you're not just investing your time, but you're investing your money, you know. So it's this idea of like, okay, I just paid three fifty for another issue and it didn't pay off, but I'm convinced that the ending is coming and is good enough that I'm going to wait, you know, another three months and commit to spending another ten fifty, you know, that's that it's gonna be worth my while. Yeah. You know. And then you're like, you know, somehow it's that's that's it's easier to pick up an eighteen dollar trade or a twenty dollar trade, especially because you can get them in the library, read it, and go, well, that was that was
1: totally worth it. That was totally worth my time. Um, yeah, or or the opposite. That wasn't particularly good, but I don't feel like I've wasted a lot of time or money.
0: Right. Did you pick <laughs> up or flip through Defenders number four? I did not. I did, I
1: did neither. Um, mm. I pretty much consigned Defenders to my I wish you would liked it, but it doesn't work for me file.
0: Right. Well, I heard some people saying like, oh, 4 was fantastic, and I picked it up and I have to say that 4 was um, was an okay issue, honestly. It was... I think they worked the, the wrong issue. Fantastic, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was fantastic. No, because I mean, it's uh, the majority of the issue is about Doctor Strange and his, you know, his sort of screwed up um, one night stand that we see from issue one, uh, and f- how can I put this? Fractions, tr- fractions, little tricks that he's pulling are getting tighter. Like he's got ways in which the um, his little comical you know, blurbs at the bottom of the page are doing a very good job of riffing in and out of the book, I suppose, mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. Um and it also, you know, it was a it was a a pretty dense characterization heavy story. Um I don't know how to put it. If he hadn't if he hadn't if my goodwill hadn't been destroyed by twelve dollars of of not much, I think I would have picked it up and appreciated it as it is. I've I read it, I've read it at the stand and I was like, Hmm, if this was two ninety nine, I would probably pick it up. But then I, I didn't, I just put it down and it's, um, it's a weird confluence of events. I think one of the, um, I, you know, I'd sworn up and down that I was going to have our, our, our comments window open. Cause I felt like there were some commenters who made some really excellent points. And I always want to address them by name and, and cause I'm so shitty at it. Uh, remembering names, And of course I didn't open that window, but somebody did point out that I had a certain, um, kind of that I wasn't giving a fraction sort of enough of the benefit of the doubt because of essentially any, and they, they were like, I'm not saying this is, you know, to, to, to slam me. Um, but they were saying like, I sort of feel like, you know, that what you're reading is actually pretty good. Like I read it and I liked it and I think you're kind of biased and I, and I, I, had to say, like, yeah, I agree. It was, uh, there were biases because there were just things that I wasn't willing to forgive, I guess, you know? It's weird. Like, this first issue of Superbia, it's very easy for me to forgive it because I don't think that Grace Randolph has a ton of experience writing comics. Like, I could go online later and find out that I'm wrong, and she actually has been doing web comics for five years, but the stuff that she makes in it is kind of like basic beginning comics mistakes. Um, the stuff that Fraction has done with the first four issues of Defenders, I could probably forgive him for it if it was a 2 99 book in some ways, and if it was a 2 99 book and it was his first Marvel comic, I suppose. But I'm at the stage where I'm like, I'm barely liking it more than Punisher War Journal. Uh, this is not good, you know. Essentially, I'm. There's no way that I'm. I just can't. I can't forgive it. (laughs) If forgive is an is an overstatement, but you know what I mean, like you're just kind of like.
1: Totally know what you mean. There's an mm -hmm. element of maybe not forgive, but I can't support it.
0: it. Yeah, I can't support it. I just can't. I'm just not on the bus. Like I, I want to be on the bus. Maybe I don't want to be on the bus as much as the next guy. But it's there's just not enough momentum here to pull me onto this train. And I'm not really interested in continuing to run along beside the boxcars any longer.
1: I'm so. glad you just kept changing in modes of transport there. Did I? Seriously? <laughs> I went from the bus you didn't to the train. You went to bus
0: to train to, to I realized car? the train was a better. Me- well, the boxcars are on the train. At least I felt like I picked a good metaphor. At least I didn't end up like, yes, and then it takes flight. Uh, yeah, no, that's pretty bad of me. I, I, yeah. I, I, there was a vehicular metaphor involved, and I was going to find it, Graham, and I felt like I did. I just keep, I just
1: keep crossing modes of transport until I got there.
0: Until I, yeah. Ooh, ouch. Yes, until I arrived at my destination, <laughs> Metaphorville. But um, shh. Yes. Uh, Orc Stain 7, great. And Walking Dead 94, I liked. Neither of them necessarily matter to you, and that's all I have to say about them. Okay, then okay then uh, so what was the other book before I mentioned Fantastic Four season legs? one wow wait hold wait out of the library yep I was surprised too come on Graham I was really surprised just back. give up the fucking facade how long have you been on the Marvel mailing list okay you can totally tell me Spider Island it all makes sense now who's mailing the shit to you it's okay it's Steve Walker. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That makes actually a terrifying amount of sense. You mentioned. <laughs>
1: um, Fantastic Four Season 1 was so much better than I expected it to be. Really? Yeah. Here's the thing, though. It's not worth $25. Mm. That's the problem. It's a really, really good retelling of the origins of The Fantastic Four. Um, Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa, his script is great. Wow. Um David Marquez, his art is really nice, really clean, really easy to follow. Mm-hmm. If this were the double-sized first issue of a series, it would be spectacular. As a standalone twenty-five-dollar graphic novel, it's terrible. It's terrible. Wow. wow. Well, it's, that all, is it's a lot. all, but it's all about the format because it doesn't really finish. finish? Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much just just like and then they became the Fantastic Four. Hey. <laughs> um, which is, I and I'm not actually. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm not hur- not by much. <laughs> um, it goes. It ends up with Reed saying, "I saw the future, Susan. I saw what we could become, what we needed to become. Our future lies ahead, and the future forward-facing always. The darkness, the old ways—that's for other minds to contemplate." everything we do from now on will be a journey into the unknown an adventure of the imagination an exploration of the infinite will you join me and then as the caption goes and so they did the four of them body heart mind and soul and so was born the fantastic 4 and from that moment on the world would never again be the same and that's the end
0: wow well i have to say uh and i'm a fan of purple prose I hope the rest of the book doesn't read like that because that actually was
1: uh, no it, it, it of, no it really doesn't really um, kind of damage uh, <laughs> like, just like but that like it's just like doo, 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 chunk done right um and it's 136
0: kind of like, pages too it's 136 pages yeah
1: oh, man. of which, 25 of which 25, uh, let's see 23 of them are actually reprint because it reprints the first issue of Jonathan Eggman's Fantastic 4 after that. <gasps> what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're probably talking like a hundred and... It's probably like a hundred pages of original stories. Right. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it was a double... You know, if it was a, a massive size first issue... Sure. It would right. great. It's actually... Like, the comics inside it are really good. But it's a hardcover graphic novel for $25. It just... I, like I got it from the library and it didn't feel like I got my money's worth.
2: Mhm,
1: mm-hmm. Wow, which is oof, is painful. Which it, I, 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 it, the difference between like I can tell this is really good comics, and mm-hmm. this is entirely the wrong format for the story. Yeah, is is astounding. Mm-hmm. Superman Earth One feels like a better graphic novel than Ooh. this does, and Superman wow. Earth One is a terrible fucking comic. Right. But it helps... But it feels, like, it that, feels like one story. story. Mm-hmm. hmm And this doesn't. Right. This feels like a first issue. Yeah, this feels like a pilot episode of a TV show. And not in that, because it's actually got two two adventures in it. It's got the mm-hmm. and it's got Submariner. What? So it doesn't even feel like a coherent story. Do you know what I mean? Oh, Plus, man. That's a... That's here's, what? Here's, yeah. Here's the continuing adventures of... Uh, oh, that but, sucks. That, yeah, that's, yeah, like, that, it, just, it just... But, but, but I can't say this enough. As comics, it's, it's great. great. Like, uh, Aguirre yeah. Sakasa really gets he the, the... He manages to, he update, manages to update, update the story, story. without mm-hmm. really overwriting anything. Hmm. And he has a really nice voice for all the characters. hmm And David Marquez's art, because it's really nice and clean. Nice and clean.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it just did you doesn't just, as a graphic novel.
0: Did you read uh, Aguirre Sakasa on, uh, on on that other Fantastic
1: Four title way I back did, when? I didn't, and this really makes me wish I had.
0: Well, it'll be kind of curious, because I suspect it, it sounds, because I remember reading some of those issues, I would think that it, it sounds like Aguirre Sakasa got a little bit better at knowing what he wanted from the characters, I suppose. So, um Although, admittedly, part of that may just have been that he's got stuff to do. His run on the Fantastic Four, all of his all of his Marvel comics, I thought, suffered from a, a kind of really impressive lack of ambition. I suppose, you
1: know. Well, he was always given the second tier titles. Do you know what I mean? He's always like, so JMS is writing the Amazing Spider-Man. Why don't you do Spider-Man, the adjective plus one? Right. The, the Mark, one Mark, Mark Wade's made. doing Fantastic Four. Why don't you do Four? right exactly you know he not, he's not like he could ever really do anything with the characters mhm
0: yeah I, I i guess there's that but there's also just a very weird he's very he's very low stakesy in a way that i should like and yet somehow um, and and hopefully these things have changed. But as I recall, his his four comics, of which I read several issues, were easily the goddamn talkiest things I'd ever read in my life.
1: They, these so, are ta- yeah. these are talky things too, and it might really help this particular thing that he's essentially, you know, rewriting Stanley plots. So right. before things can get too talky, there's yeah, they've you know, got to a giant fucking monster like New York. Right,
0: right, and it may be that thing of you know there are those guys like I I think that Bendit if if every issue of a Brian Bendis comic were like forty pages long I think I would probably have a higher opinion of his of his comics work now mm-hmm. you know because he somehow can't really make things happen in twenty pages but he can actually hit the mark in forty I think um, and it might be the same way uh, with uh, mm-hmm. Gears Sakasa so um, but. Very interesting. Interesting. Interesting in that, yeah, your review didn't go anywhere where I thought it would. I expected well, I, I, you I, I, to be like,
1: I'd be know. really curious for commenters who have read it to tell me mm-hmm. if I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Because I, re- I really was like, I was reading it and I was like, this is good. And then I got and I was like, this was actually terrible. <laughs> and it's only terrible because of the format. It's only terrible because of the format.
0: Wow still that's pretty hard it's it's hard for me to wrap my brain around like uh, um, i mean unless the hickman stuff you know what i mean like i'm kind of like once you take the money out of it i would think i'm trying to think if i've ever had that experience with like again a library book where i'm reading it and it's great it's great it's great it's great it's great and then suddenly at some point i decide it is awful because it you know
1: because of factors i know you kind of got me stumped man Listeners, if you if you do this on Savage Critic and you have a comment section, either tell me I'm insane or tell Jeff he's insane on this one. I'm, I'm really genuinely curious as to whether I am – I guess whether I'm wrong, whether there's – you know, it shouldn't matter what the format of a story is. No, but I think you're right. I mean, clearly it does matter, you know. But whether something can be simultaneously good and bad. Yeah. Cuz that's what I feel about this. It's it's both.
2: Mhm. Mhm.
1: Right. Right. Actually, we've had we've had this very conversation before. Yeah, about um Hark of Agron which we both. Oh did. yeah. Was, mm-hmm. you're like this is just the wrong format for this book. That's right.
0: That's absolutely right. But, um, huh, that's funny. I, I w- I'm like, yes, but <laughs> or like I'm trying to think like I definitely know that I had some problems with uh, I want to say the first volume of the fourth world omnibus, I suppose, you know, like the the fourth world omnibus were always hard for me because of the, you know, it's like because it was in order of publication. and so none of the stories had a chance to actually they were always staggered in the way that they they built I suppose mm-hmm. well, what I, you know? Is
1: I never read them in the, I never read <laughs> the book right through uh, the FF or the the, the, fourth, the world. fourth world, fourth world. Mm-hmm. I'd go you, Mr. Miracle, Mr. Miracle Mr. Miracle Mr. Miracle New Gods New Gods New Gods Oh, <laughs> uh, see look Gielson, at you uh, I, I didn't, it didn't even occur to me to read all the way through, the way through. wow Interesting. No, I
0: was trying for it because I kind of had that feeling of, um, what was it? I mean, I sit down and I read a stack of comics every day, you know, like the comics that I bought this Wednesday. Like, I, there's not, uh, unless I go to a store, like it's my first
1: time in three months and I have three issues of a book that I then divvy up. But, you know, but that, I'm that, like, that's, that's what I mean. That's, for me, that's what the fourth world is. Like, I'm reading each, each, series in order like like for example example, yesterday I went and had two issues of Action and two issues of OMAC and I didn't go well I'm I'm going to read Action issue 6 then OMAC issue issue 6 then whatever then Action number 7 and OMAC number 7 yeah exactly I'm like I'm going to read Action and then I'm going to read OMAC so it's the same thing for Fourth World I'm going to read Mr. Miracle then I'm going to read read New Gods right right well that's pretty smart (laughs)
0: That is pretty smart in a way that apparently the slow, lazy Jeff was not. There's our conclusion. Graham, smart. Jeff, no. Um, You know, I picked up the King City trade also yesterday, and I haven't read it yet. I mean, you read it because I've read – yeah, exactly. But yeah, but I have to say that was kind of a thrilling thing to have in my hands. It really was. I I saw it in the
1: store, and I was kind of like, oh, I I wish – I wish Mm – Uh, because I mean you remember me talking King City up to any human being that existed before Yeah, it picked it up
0: exactly yeah you gave it you gave it to me which is how I got hooked and then I was running around like crazy and nobody was like you know yeah absolutely so yeah I had that thing in fact I posted something on Twitter where it's like because I have my I have my first volume of the Tokyo Pop King City and then I had the trade and I took pictures of them side by side just because because I, I was that weirdly happy about it um, it's interesting. I'm looking forward to sitting down and reading it in part because, um, Graham pretty much throws in everything. And so you've got the whole King city story. Then you've got the backup stories. Then you've got his cover gallery stuff. Then you've got some additional mini comics that he did well, or supplementary, like the, the comics that he was doing inside the covers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of... I'm, I almost wish it were separated out a little bit better. Like, I, I was definitely, you know... On the other hand, I didn't sit down and read it all the way through. But having picked it up and reading through the back section so that I could pick up various ephemera and look through it, it was fun, but I was also having this thing of like, wow, this is really confusing for me. Like, I don't know how to make sense of it. Like, he even has... Like, he had an inside... um in one of the issues of King City, uh, the image issues, he had a comic that started on his inside front cover that that he then you know continues on his inside back cover. Uh, yeah. But because he doesn't have that in this issue, but he wants the feeling of separation in it, he actually has one page, and then he has the character go like, yeah, follow me to page 134 or something. And I'm not sure if the numbering worked out, but I was just like wait, where's the other, where's the conclusion? And, you know, I think he, you know, by the time I found it, I was like, oh, that's kind of a good joke. But, uh, but at the same time, I was like, I don't know. Um, uh, it's kind of weird. It's like, I'm like, okay, definitely a masterpiece. I kind of wish it was, it, it, like, there was maybe an editor who consulted with him a little bit more on it. On the other hand, I could just be incredibly jealous because House to Astonish gets a, gets an inside cover shout-out, which I'm, Super, super envious of them for, um, and it was like, oh, man. I, I mean, I feel relatively secure in our in our where we are in our podcast, Graham. I have to say, I don't, I don't covet other people's podcasts, but definitely when you know you've got Brandon Graham, you know, doing a King City drawing, and there, he sh- makes it a point to mention that one of the characters listening to the radio is listening to House to Astonish. You're just like, ah envy. I feel this taste I, in the back I, of my I, mouth.
1: It's like envy. I am yes. openly solicitous of other podcasts. <laughs> are, are you? I, I, I'm just putting it out there, yeah. I, I I wish that people loved us in the way that they loved us to astonish. Yeah. Well, you know, but I... Mm, yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm Yes,
0: well, to be fair, they're
1: pretty—they're pretty darn
0: lovable. So it's—it's it's, well, it's, yeah, it's that's—that's yeah. it's that's what high I'm mark saying. To beat. It's yeah, listening.
1: well, they like we're—we're, <laughs> we're, but you can't listen to the two of them and not be like, they clearly love comics and they're really fucking funny. Wait, you're saying you're, you can't <laughs> listen to them and think that. You can't fail to listen to
0: them. Oh, okay. Okay, thank you. There was... I knew there was a key word. I'm like, huh, Graham, nice job
1: starting the <laughs> passive-aggressive podcaster wars <laughs> yeah, in 2012. Yeah, that's what you think. Hey, Paul, oh, how's uh, Edinburgh treating you, huh? Ha, <laughs> <laughs> ha. Uh,
0: quite the burn, sir. Quite the burn. Um, it didn't really I, work out. <laughs> I know. Not, I'm sure the people in Edinburgh are like, ooh, Sussy. Uh, I I c I don't have anything to say about Wolverine or these the three DC comics that I picked up, one of which is fucking Detective Comics by Tony Daniel. It is my it's my Why are you still thing. buying that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I mean there's some parts in it that look <laughs> lovely. Jeff, 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 Jeff. Do, do you yep, know? Do you- Oh yeah, you know. Now that you mention it, no, no, I have no idea. I don't know. There's a whole—he blows one of his own action scenes. He's the—he's—he's he's the guy writing the. He has a thing where he like, where Batman's amazing save from a, 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 a an absurd death trap is to have Alfred like ordering the Bat Sub to to fly to Batman's current location, which is underground and near the water. So like the Bat
1: Sub breaks I, through I, I and. I know, by the way, why you really want, why you read this book. Because what that sentence you've said. It's just said It's just described. It's just made me want to read this book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well there you
0: go. Yeah, no, it is. Um, it's a really dumb Batman comic in a way that I like. I mean, it's 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 not good, but I but I dig it. There's a, there's a guy. Yeah, I could talk talk to you about all the various little things that I like, but believe me, if this sucker was a, even a penny more than two ninety nine, I would, I would be off in a heartbeat.
1: I would, it would not. Oh, you're it's well, it's going to three ninety nine really soon, so oh, you're lucky.
0: God damn it! Are you serious? I thought that was the other one. It's not the David Finch one that's gone to three ninety nine. Oh no, wait, it's no, Tony it's Daniels, right?
1: It's, it's, it's Batman Detective,
0: yeah. Right, because it's fucking successful. God damn it, stupid DC. All right, Wait, well, but you, we'll
1: you just said you don't want to be reading it, so they've yeah, given but, you the option to drop off. Uh, Graham, if there's one thing we've learned
0: I don't need in 2012, it's more reasons to drop comic books. Uh, all right, well, I, like I said, I was asking for I, that's exactly what I asked for, like not five minutes ago, so you're absolutely right. Anyway, this issue, not only does it have the bat sub as the, the unlikely um, savior in a death trap, but it has a, uh, a woman with an eye patch.
1: <laughs> There's nothing about this comic that doesn't seem awesome.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You'll read it and you won't like it. But uh, yeah, exactly. It's great. It's, it's kind of is. It's kind of great. It is basically a dumb Batman comic in exactly the level that I wanted at. So.
1: Here's my question about Detective Comics: Has Tony Daniels changed his signature so it looks more like Bob Kane? Good question. Because I really, really think he has. You know, he kind of has. Where he blows up that O. Yes. On I think you're right. And it's in the box now. Right. Yeah, it's definitely in a box. Yes, I I yeah. don't know I don't know how much of that is like a conscious, you know, call out. Oh,
0: it can't be accidental. It really can't be accidental. I think you're right. I think that's actually hilarious. You know, he's uh, he's yeah. I, I'm trying to think of it. <laughs> yeah, there's stuff. Oh, there's stuff. <laughs> is there Man. Stuff? There there is. There's a great shot where where Batman jumps onto the scene yelling like too late penguin and he's and he's like jumping over like a little snow thing and it's cut it's sort of a tight in on him leaping and he's kind of karate kicking, kung fuing someone in the head. And the next panel, sure enough, is his boot hitting someone in the head. But the thing that's amazing about it is, it actually looks because of the way that Daniel has drawn the panel. Is it really looks more like the woman has been knocked out by Batman's severed thigh? It's really amazingly awkward. There's so much awkward stuff in it. Um, but he's also got a guy. He's got a supervillain that appears to be like Mr. Peanut if Mr. Peanut was a light bulb. You know, it's like a light bulb with a little top hat on it. You're making
1: this book sound better. Shut up. No, I'm serious, man. Shut up. I no, I do not want to buy another Tony Daniel comic. I've learned my lesson. Yeah, no, I know. Believe me, I I know. You've and learned your I, lesson like seven times over. Why are you still doing this?
0: Well, here's the weird thing: is this?
1: I don't know. At a certain point, what happened was in between. I was looking at it in the store. It's Stockholm syndrome, isn't it? You've read so many Tony Daniel comics, you now like them. No, well,
0: here's the thing. I I, I don't. I don't. This is the first issue where I felt his art was actually fucking things up, which is, you know, which I thought was like pretty much. If you ask me to define his sort of his signature. Um, what is it, like, how I identified him in Batman R.I.P., that was how. I was like, oh, yeah, it must be Tony Daniel, because that panel, he fucked up the point of the story, his anatomy is bad, and it looks wrong, like, so clearly, without even looking at it. He was doing less of this here. I think a lot of it is just that the stuff that he's ripping off is... Like, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. I was going to say it's like All-Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder, except without the sense of humor, but that actually does make it sound worse than it actually is. Um I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just, all I know is that it became one of those books that I started actively looking forward to when it was on the rack to to flip through it and read it kind of like in a, almost in a tarot black Rose of the Witch, Black Witch Witch of the Black Rose or whatever it's called, you know. It was kind of like that, except people kept their clothes on, and so eventually I'm like, okay, well, I, I will own my shame, literally, and I'll buy
1: this issue. God bless you for for being that man. There's probably yeah. not that many people in the comics internet who would admit to buying detective comics. It's true. Yeah, I'm sure there are so, people so, who are like, yeah. There's probably people who like will buy it and enjoy it, but will don't admit it because it's not, you know, one of those books. And there's probably people who would buy it because they're Batman obsessives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you're, I feel like you're making a stand here. Yeah, it's a
0: really, it like most of my stands, it it really does, it really sort of doesn't say much for me. <laughs> but
1: but oh, I'm, I have to say, yeah. You reminded me that someone, and I can't remember who, God, this is going to really annoy me, was like, oh, it was um, Branky Vaughn. Branky Vaughn was on Reddit the other day talking about Saga. saga. Oh, right. And they were, like, they were like, what comics are you enjoying? And he was like, G.I. Joe Cobra, I really, really like it. And I was kind of like, thank fuck that someone else has said that. I honestly right. thought that I was risking public humiliation every single time that I said that G.I. Joe Cobra was a good <laughs> comic. <laughs>
0: No, I actually believed you. I don't. Um, that's IDW, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm, I'm. Weirdly, I get confused because I can't remember. Was it Devil's Do that had the franchise for a little yes. bit? And,
1: and, I and actually have repeated, or reprinted rather, some of the, the Devil's Do books, and they're not good. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things where, again, you know, IDW, if it was a dollar less, it'd be easier for me to. to Take take a jump
1: on. I was I, I was thinking yes, about all this the other day because IDW is taking part in the Diamond, Diamond Digital thing, digital thing. Mm-hmm. which means their comics will come out day and date for like what was it one fifty or something? Like they're coming out much cheaper than print. Maybe wow. it's <laughs> two dollars. They're coming out cheaper than they are for print anyway. Right. I think. I think. I think it might $1. be one ninety nine. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's about right. And that's you know I'm just going to get all my IDW books that way in that case. <laughs> right. Well, uh, hopefully, because that's high price. No, I know, dude. I was about to say, I'm like,
0: hopefully, the money that they will make from people like me will make up for the money that they would be losing from people
1: from like people me. like me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So it'll it'll all work out. Because yeah, I keep you've said so many good things, and I'm like, I should really do this. I should really jump
1: Watch. on this. What, this is what's going to happen. You'll read it and you'll think, huh, that's all right. It's nothing great, but it's nothing like what I think Graham would like. Well, it is. yeah, actually. It, it is mm-hmm. so close to all the comics that you're like, this is not a Graham McMillan comic. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: That I kind of wait for you to read it.
0: Yeah, that would be great. I can already see, like, uh, come up with, like, a dozen different angles as to why I would think that would be completely different. Like, I'm like, no, no, no. Because, of course, I'm very proud of my ability now to finally figure out what you dig and what you don't. So, but...
1: I can be wrong. I, and I should be basically it, if there's a comic that you think I won't like, if you add in the possibility that Serpentor is going to appear We'll see, there we go. Right.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's all you really needed from that Wolverine insane in the brain uh storyline. Really That or you know a story. A story for that. One too.
1: Screw you, Graham. <laughs> Screw you, Jason Aaron. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he, I picked up... I can. I cannot wait to be off this Wolverine book, let me tell you. I'm just... <laughs> wait,
1: you do know you the can days. drop,
0: right? Yeah, no, I'm going to stick it through to the end of his storyline, which is really just next issue, I think. My understanding is he's got one more issue on Wolverine and then he's off. Uh, what, and,
1: what is and, about? Because his last issue is 303, three, I think.
0: Yeah, and this is 302. Okay. This is 302 and it is hilarious. Um, like... It ha- I mean, it really is like this, this book, this, if nothing else, this issue of Wolverine should go down in history because it has, as far as I can tell, the single worst Art Adams drawing I think I've ever seen in my life.
1: <laughs> is it the cover? Yes. Oh, have you, have you seen have to, that cover? No, I'm going to have to look it up now, though.
0: You've got to go look it up. You've got to go look it up because it is, it's. It spoiler. It's a drawing of Wolverine where Art Adams didn't even bother to finish the drawing. He was like, "Oh my god, got, that's terrible!" Yeah, are you looking at it? Yes. Yeah, isn't that amazing? He actually got to the part with the left leg and went, uh you know, I'll make it look like he's running." And I mean, it the it doesn't work. Like the anatomy on that does not work, but everything <laughs> about it,
1: I think that he, I think that he thinks that that's a perfectly good running pose. That's a terrible that's a drawing. Cool drawing.
0: Yeah, it's a really bad drawing. It is comical. That is the closest I've actually. I'm convinced that he actually, for his own amusement, decided to take an old sketch that he had not finished of Dave Sims' Wolverine and just changed it around a little bit to look like Wolverine and then submitted it. It is bad. It is seriously. It's really, it's a terrible drawing. And I have to say, the art inside the book is not any better. The art in the book is done by Billy Tan and Jason Keith. And, oh no, wait, and Steve Sanders. Like, they're alternating all over the place. Billy Tan and Jason Keith did the arts for chapters 13, 15, and 16. Steve Sanders and Soto Colors did the art for chapters 14 and 16.
1: Wait, (laughs) Wait, yeah, that I know. that doesn't work out because that has two teams doing the art for chapter sixteen. Uh is that right? That does. Let me look at chapter
0: sixteen and see why they would think that. Um oh it's great. And then the next issue for the cover of, of Wolverine three oh three on the letters page is the same as this cover. It's the Art Adams cover, only tinier again. Oh, I see why. <laughs> That's great. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Um, As far as I can tell, they divvied up the art. Uh, Chapter 16 is four pages. Uh, It's four pages,
1: and and it has two two different different art teams?
0: Yes. And I'm not quite sure how. I was like, oh, wait, it's all one dude, but no. It's actually, I think one art team does two of the pages, which are not the main character, which are not the other characters. And then one art team does the other two pages. I think what they were trying for, what this whole thing, just the fact that I'm talking about chapter 16, like Aaron was doing something that almost feels to me like, um, like a very trunk, because the whole thing is back in Japan and it's him throwing a bunch of, um, uh, you know, all of Wolverine's various Japanese connections of various types All at a wall to see what will stick. Um, And he's trying to make it sort of a big rollicking adventure thing, which he sort of mentioned in an an interview recently, was where, after going super dark with Wolverine, which is where he wanted to go, is like kind of back to the whimsical edge edge of things. Um, I think he's almost trying to make this, when it gets collected and all in one piece, almost feel like, you know how when you read a book of manga and there's like nine, you know, there's like... Fifteen chapters in it, you know. Admittedly, yeah. because they're all twenty pages long or something, he's trying to do that, but with like four-page and six-page chapters. The thing that sucks is, among other things, whether he or editorial or whatever, their chapter breaks look just the same as some of the um, meanwhile captions. Like it doesn't; it, they're they're completely understated. They, he, he doesn't have the room to break the chapter. Title as any out in any way whatsoever, and they don't do anything with the font, so it feels really perfunctory, um, which is kind of a shame.
1: Yeah, that doesn't sound
0: good in any way, yeah. to be
1: honest. <laughs> no, it, and it
0: really is that I would be lying if I said that um, there weren't a few things that I actually enjoyed in this issue. There were um, maybe two or three different bits, maybe as high as four, that I actually liked. Unfortunately, a this is maybe the first issue in this storyline that I've actually liked that's been running admittedly all of 3 issues um and wraps up next issue. But yeah, I'm just I'm I'm really glad that it's like I will read the next issue and then I, I'm off the book, Aaron's off the book and I will feel substantial relief. Hopefully Art Adams will be able to keep drawing covers with a different piece of Wolverine missing. <laughs> Or, you know, essentially to the point where it's just, I don't know, a fist with some claws sticking out, and we'll all be happy. But um, I would be lying if I didn't say there were at least a few different bits, and I'm really happy that he's bringing back the villain that he introduced um, like five or six issues earlier uh, to Mm -hmm. come back for the finale of this. So, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Also, can I ask you, because you would probably know this, who did the... um, Oh no, I do know this. Okay, so wait. So this issue zero, this issue zero preview of Avengers versus X Men. You know the one where Cyclops like confronts Hope, and she says some bullshit,
1: and then she flies off on the jetpack. Yeah, that, that's Frank Cho and uh, doing the art, and it's uh, Bendis, yeah, Jason Iron Script. Two people did the script for that. Yes. yes. Wow. Well, well, to be fair, okay. actually, to be fair, it might just be. Aaron doing the script, and Bendis might be doing the one that is pages from that. I, I don't know how it's broken up.
0: I, I don't know. It does say Bendis, and it does say Aaron, and I'm like, it's it's not a good preview. I have to say, if ever there was a preview that would put me off of this book, it would pretty much have to be this little piece. It's I guess it's only two, four, it's five pages, and it is. I, it's 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 a really dull five pages, really dull five pages.
1: I did you guys is that the whole booklet because the digital version also has the preview pages from issue 1 by Bendis and Jr. Uh, oh yeah no
0: I actually did pick up that little whatever it's called uh, Avengers vs. X-Men program or whatever. Yeah yeah. Um yeah and that also sucks some serious crap
1: I thought. Did did you I, did you have Yeah a- I I I love the the part where they're like the last time we saw the Phoenix we were just kids which is one of those lines that just sticks out like a sore thumb because it's like, wasn't the last time you saw the Phoenix like, in Marvel time, like, last month? Yeah. <laughs> was it? Why? You mean oh, no, in the sense of
0: abbreviated timeline, or...?
1: Yeah, because okay, so all Marvel timeline like, since, like, since Fantastic Four 20, something,
0: is 13 right. years, officially. Oh, is it 13? I thought yeah, I thought it was 7. Okay, so you're right. So it's on a 13 year sliding scale, right. Um,
1: And the last time The X Men dealt with Phoenix was in that what Phoenix end song miniseries, which in our which in real time is like ten years ago. Yes. So, it's like I guess it's two years ago. For yeah, the X Men? Maybe,
0: maybe, right, sure.
1: Um, but I love the idea that they're like, you know, yeah, we were kids, because I was, you know, two years younger. It just, I don't know, it's just one of those weird things. Everything from those preview pages seems to suggest that they're just pretending that everything, there's been no Phoenix story ever since the John Byrne Chris Claremont series.
0: Right, which I think that they're going for, right? I mean, because I'm like, right.
1: It's just such a just weird a thing. thing
2: right? Mm hmm, mm
1: hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh I mean, I understand it in a way from like the simplicity aspect. Sure.
0: You've got to but hone now, it down I, and yeah.
1: But I also think like you're just pissing off everyone who's been reading comics <laughs> right, right? Well, of course. I you're mean, right. that's literally clearly... happened even though they did. Right.
0: Exactly. Mar- Marvel is the master of like, well, guess what? <laughs> All you long-term readers, screw you. <laughs> you. We none of that matters. Um I was just shocked by how dull it was. Like I am really no I honestly, I would find it hard to believe that you that any dude from the eighties or seventies, with maybe the exception of Lada era John Byrne, would have would think that a viable dynamic opening is having the superheroes deliver their own exposition, you know? like that whole thing cuz they show up and they've got some meeting with the joint chiefs of staff yeah. and it's literally like the the big the big moment that it builds to is an alarm going off or something yeah that's I'm what like, I love
1: that, that it, you know i really hope that there's stuff before that in the book that is mm-hmm. nova crash landing on earth and it's very dramatic yeah Do you know what i mean like if the, yeah, if, you've if, got pages, if the pages in the preview aren't pages you know 4 through 7
0: sure or like 7 through t-
1: 11 yeah. something yeah. like that yeah but if then, they're like the first a, four or the yeah, last is, four if if the mm-hmm. you know the phoenix is coming actually comes out in that preview then that's an insanely wasted opportunity but it's so wasted that i can't believe that's right i'm i'm right. just convinced there's pages before that that's you know Nova crash landing in spectacular styles and saying it's coming right yeah you would think.
0: I was also kind of bummed by the whole story that uh, that that is uh, that that's a new Nova, too. I mean,
1: yeah. Well, if it is, if it is. We, still, right. we, still we still
0: don't know. Right. Uh, it, it's a, it's a new Nova in whatever show Loeb's working on, and so there's ultimate there? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Oh, is that Ultimate Spider-Man? Hmm.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Which has Which a has terrible clip out there.
0: Out there. <laughs> you were saying you weren't a fan. Uh, or at least it's, you were it, saying it, in Blog and Newsarama that you were. Yeah,
1: it's 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 not horrendous. It's, not horrendous, it's just not good. It's just not good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm hoping it has a, it has a great, has a joke, great joke, but the, the clip <laughs> itself is, it's just kind of shabby. Mm. Interesting. Shabby. Well, I yeah, I sort of like sh- That's it, like I watched DC Nation the other day the the first mm-hmm. DC Nation block in Cartoon Network and that was mm-hmm. just a, a terrible light that. Oh really for all their there's going to be these short animations in between it'll be awesome yeah it was it was I I felt like I'd wasted the error really yes uh, you you. that bad huh the Green Lantern animated series is is, is immense. immense it's really not good um uh, it's if you ever thought you know what'd be great if Bruce Tim designed characters and then the Pixar of 1990 animated them <laughs> <laughs> then, 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 finally, Green Lantern the animated series is there for you. Um, Young Justice is fine. Young Justice is one of those uh, animated shows, kind of taking its cue from Justice League insofar as like there's an ongoing continuity and they're taking it very seriously. seriously? But it just didn't really do anything for me. Um, hmm. But the, the, I, I, uh, I was going to say tuned in. I t- voted it for the the charts that they've ever, everyone's been talking about and the two charts in the first episode were the ones they released online so there's no new material <laughs> and I was like I'm so glad this is what I paid attention to <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it was the um, the plastic man and the art man animation one mm. mm-hmm. so you know <laughs> eh. mm. yeah,
0: it's, it's kind of a shame I thought I thought the Armin animation one looked really of course a charming but you know the the short preview they ran but I also had this sense of I didn't know how they were going to get more than that out of it sort of
1: Yeah it's it's it's, it's very charming but again it's sort of the joke only really works if you've never seen Creature Comforts <laughs> <laughs> Mhm right exactly exactly
0: which is kind of a kind of Kind of hard to imagine by this point
1: what? at least with... I, it, but that's just it. like it totally works with dark audience who probably haven't seen Creature Comforts*, which is at least 20 years, twenty years old now:
0: Yeah, I suppose that's true, although I could have sworn Ardman uh, that's my thing is Ardman's gone back to that particular well a few times though but but again, if you're talking about kids, they probably don't. That. Yeah. Did I mention that I picked up that
1: Art of Bruce Tim, the Sexy Girls book or whatever? It's yes, called? you did. I don't know if you mentioned it in the podcast or in an email, but I remember you told me.
0: Okay. Well, I, I'm going to mention it just because it ties in. Naughty and Nice, The Good Girl Art of Bruce Tim. Uh, I heartily encourage listeners, and I, now that I'm saying it, I do think I mentioned it last week, to. Uh, shell out their hard-earned money for. Um, Looks like you can get it for a decent discount on Amazon. I actually bought it at Mission Comics, the very fine Mission Comics that I um, uh, advise everyone in San Francisco not going to Comics Experiencing to check out. Um, Leaf, who runs the store, does a great job running a fantastic shop and did an amazing job of telling me enough about the book when I picked up Picked it up and started flipping through it. That by the time I put it down, I was like, yeah, I've got to get this. So, um, great. If you like Naked Ladies and you like Bruce Tim, it's a really, really
1: strong little piece of work. So. Who doesn't like Bruce Tim, though? Like Bruce Tim, his art is spectacular. And it's one of those things mm-hmm. you see his designs and animation, you're like, that's really well done. And then you see his actual art, like the stuff he spent some time over. And it's yeah. just amazing. Amazing.
0: Yeah, it really he's is. so it good. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. I really meant it more in the sense of, in case there are people who aren't into the naked ladies, really. Because unlike, there's a couple of drawings of, say, uh, um, like Big Barda, some great shots that I seem to recall ran in the Kirby Collector as well. Um, and a few other pieces of, I don't know, um, women with guns that are... Um, how do I put this sort of, you know, st- like strong female characters, even as they're sort of being objectified. But the rest of it is all pretty much um, really amazing drawings of boobs. So, uh, so I meant it more from the sense of like, if if you do not, if you are the sort of person for which the, the are not into the naked ladies for various reasons, uh, I don't think this book will actually do it uh, much for you. But if you like those two, it's a pretty powerful intersection of uh, good and awesome. So,
1: I love the intersection of good and awesome. That's yeah. that's pretty great right there. People <laughs> Thank who, you. if you ever want to meet in the intersection of good and awesome, I think that's a good place for everyone to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you think about it, really, that sounds like put in a restaurant there. People will be like, weirdly enough, it sucked. Apparently yes, the alley exactly. backs the, the alley of suck backs into the
1: restaurant <laughs> and that's really the influence. So that's um, where the kitchen's influence. like the, if you the dining room is just beautiful but the <laughs> kitchen's just off of suck and so the, there's a bit of a problem with the food. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh dude, we are so on it really. It's 4:40. I know, that's like 2 hours and we've been talking about comics the entire time
0: non-stop to the fact of like I kind of don't know what to talk about although I haven't been following the comics news lately is there anything that I, I should know is there can't be because you sounded optimistic I, about comics
1: Yeah, I, I I don't think there is I don't think there's anything absolutely horrendous or, or even to be honest that interesting happening um, right. I, yeah I, I think I think for once we've actually covered it all
0: yep Oh, do you have any theories as to uh, what Marvel's South by
1: Southwest
0: um, announcement, infinite announcement, is going to
1: be? Yeah, it's going to be animated, like digital content. Animated digital content? Really? I think it's going to be you buy a comic, you get a download code, the download code will have extra content that other Uh. other people can buy separately it will be like a mixture of comics with some animated stuff the reason i think there's animation in there is the panel is um axel lonzo jeff Loeb, and the head of marvel's digital division, division. Hmm. and so and they're talking about how the combination of print and digital will bring new readers to comics
0: right and are yeah, no, definitely
1: jumping up and down about and that and also it's like, officially a tie-in to Avengers versus X-Men. versus X-Men right right so I think it's going to be a, like you buy a comic and you get a download code or you can buy this thing separately online and it'll be like extra content hmm I'm, I'm hoping it's more than that I'm hoping they actually have earned the it's a revolution and it yeah because the they were top really top throwing that language around yeah, yeah they really were but at the same time you know that's what you do in PR.
0: Well, but let's put it this way. As I recall, and I could be mistaken, I seem to remember that even as far as like six months ago, you had some people telling you like, hey, there's something big coming. I literally cannot tell you anything other than that. Which, those would have to be some pretty savvy PR people, I guess, but, you know, to be like, oh, you know, start stoking those fires that early with that little detail, but
1: Maybe they, yeah, are. But maybe they are. It's it's yeah, because yeah. this has probably been working, been coming for a long time, right. So I quite believe it's it's going to be. I'm quite believe it's going to be something that will be cool, but if you're expecting mm-hmm. it to be revolutionary, you'll be disappointed. <laughs> right. Uh,
0: well, I expect it to be neither cool nor revolutionary. So we'll see. Especially because I remember, I don't know what it is. You know, somewhere along the time that they, they took they. For one thing, it's that the Marvel people follow their talking points. You know, salespeople tell them what to talk about, and then they talk about it. And I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. I feel like that is pretty much par for the course with the big two these days. Um, but I remember when Casada was going on and on about motion comics you know like the the astonishing x-men motion comics that they were doing or like the how that spider woman motion comic yes exactly and how that was going to be like some serious big ass deal and I, you know if nothing else i have enough faith in joe casada that i was like dude you can't really believe that you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yet maybe he did
0: well, no, but then you see the finished product, and I was like, okay, clearly he didn't believe it, you know? Because I just can't believe that Joe Cassatt is the sort of guy who's really excited by having a drawing, it's like, neck, you know, kind of
1: warp. No, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Photoshop I think, I think to look like that, it's turning. I think that might actually be the case. I think they might believe it. And I think the reason they might believe it is they don't know what to do next. And so they are they get really excited at anything that could be the new thing. Sure. So I don't think it's like, I don't think it's as, you know, we're trying to sell you a pile of shit as much as, do you guys like this? This is great, right? Do you guys like this? (laughs) Everybody
0: loves motion, right? And everybody loves food. You're going to love motion food comics where you can actually use the camera on your iPod to project comic books onto specially branded Subway sandwiches and see unique stories as the other person eats them. Oh my god! I think I actually gave myself some sort of weird <laughs> orgasm.
1: That sounds great. <laughs> no, but seriously, this is—I—I I think I really think that you get the infinite comics or you get the motion comics, and it really is a—we have to do something more because comics aren't working. Sure. We don't know what that is. We're just throwing shit out there, and we don't know. Like this is new. Isn't it great? Because it's new.
0: Right. Right. Why do you think they came up with the infinite thing? Is that the other reason where I'm like, like people are like, oh, it synergistically ties from one into the other. Hey, it looks
1: like an infinity symbol. Run with it. But I, because I, I'm, I, I'm also I, like I, that. Doesn't I think it's sense. just a brand. I think it's just a brand name. Just a branding thing. Yeah, I mean, we've also got Ultimate Comics, and it's not like Ultimate Comics were the final oh. comics Marvel ever published. <laughs> Actually, it would be great if it turned out that it was some sort of
0: uncomfortable prophecy and it actually does end up being the case <laughs> Like, oh, and
1: who knew the horrible irony that Ultimate Comics Hulk, Hawkeye Ultimate Although, bear, was actually bear, bear in mind Ultimate Comics what was the working title for that line that would have been really uncomfortable a year later uh, oh right no that was Marvel Tsunami Ground that was Zero. earlier no no Gr- Marvel Ground Zero was the working oh thing. Ground Zero. Oh, I didn't know yeah
0: I have to say, you got to give them credit. Definitely switching to adjectives. Like they were pretty bad with their nouns. Like tsunami, <laughs> ground zero, uh, you know, secondary atomic radiation burst. I know exactly. Know. This is Marvel Nagasaki. Exactly. Welcome what? to Marvel what? Fukushima. <laughs> I don't. I, I. Why are you having problems with that? Fukushima. It's where comics started, and it's where Sunfire's from. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Marvel should, yeah, definitely stick to shit that's a little
1: like infinite. Um, hmm. We'll see. Okay, by the, time, by the time this goes up, then people will know. People will know how wrong we were. I know, or how right you were,
0: Graham, because that's uh, your, well, your that's, our here, senior news analyst. <laughs> 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 wow! I should start that's introducing a you. And now, senior news analyst Graham McMillan. <laughs> Uh, what, shit. what's up with that? Yeah, what's that X Force death revival thing? You think? Um, I just jumped over a blog at. I've been too busy to actually look things up. So. Yeah,
1: he's 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 switching everything up in X Force. He's killing someone off. <sighs> There's a spectacular um, solicit for Secret Avengers twenty eight that's just been released, which is part of Avengers versus X Men. Mm-hmm. And they're like, an Avenger pays the ultimate price but will his sacrifice be worth it? And all I could think was, you're killing someone off in one of the tie-ins you're telling people isn't an essential part of the story. It's <laughs> <laughs> not many essential people... to Avengers vs. X-Men. But, but how you know. many people are
0: you killing off in the main book? Right. That is probably actually a good point.
1: Also, uh, uh,
0: yeah, it is kind of hard to believe that someone would actually...
1: Oh, kill I, I, I honestly... Think that I even know who is going to die in Secret Avengers?
0: Oh, see, here we go, Graham. This is this is where senior news analyst Graham McMillan really earns his keep. W- I I what? think it's Protector,
1: A.K.A. Marvel Boy. Oh. Secret Avengers right. is the title where Captain Marvel comes back from the dead. Oh. Uh, I see. And he, whichever character dies, dies saving the Kree Empire. Oh. So I feel like it's going to be Marvel Boy. Wow. I could wow. be wrong. I just I, I get a feeling.
0: Well that's, I, it's that's a shame for those of us who have come to appreciate all the depth and care uh Bendis has hey, put into making Marvel Boy a fully rounded character. What's that? He
1: grew a goatee and he, he got a mask, okay? okay? And he's didn't he sleep with somebody?
0: were several people
1: he slept didn't he uh, sleep with yeah, you that, sleep that? yeah that was dark avengers wasn't it where oh, that was in dark avengers what yeah. is this thing called love that that was i'm going to, okay so first of all i'm stepping on a newsorama story that i wrote that i have no idea when it's going to go up because the just thing they put up this week i wrote last week um okay but uh i predict protector's death for newsorama in a 10 people i think are going to die in avengers versus x-men post Wait. Because because they want me to do top ten posts, so I do a top uh-huh. ten people are going to die in Avengers versus X-Men. Um, that's great. Number ten is the vision, and I'm stepping mm-hmm. on the my favourite joke from the entire piece. I want the vision to die, because I want the story to be called, Even an Android Can Die.
0: Nice. <laughs> They'll never title it that, but that's lovely, Graham. Lovely. <laughs> Uh, we really should end on that high point. It's not gonna get We really should, absolutely. Let us in fact let's jump. Let's let's leave let's leave the I don't know if it's savoring is exactly what they're doing with the taste in their mouth. But readers. Yes, heads, wishing that I exactly. had it it was pretty bad but let's <laughs> you know that's w- why it's good well so you say I just I'm sort of like <laughs> Man, I really want to go back and read that story now I'm like we've been talking about even an Avenger can cry for uh, even an Android, Android can cry for right, come on or, Dude, I screwed up the fucking name for Jersey Shore, which is so embarrassing. What? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah in my comments. I that like, that last week when like we talked. Jersey Shore, Jeff. Yeah, they Be- were. Everyone was like, Jersey Beach. I'm like, fuck, I've turned into my parents. That's so embarrassing. Like, I misspoke. I, was, I really want to tell people. Like, I feel like there's a couple of things that I should clear up. And one is... Actually, I don't want to clear that one up because I think it's actually too funny. But the other thing is is I swear to you, I've heard of Jersey Shore. I don't know how I misspoke. I would be admittedly more embarrassed if I called Planet of the Apes by some other name, but yes, even an Android can cry. I want to reread it. Hello? Monkey Planet. Monkey Monkey Planet. Wasn't remember when uh, Tom McFarland tried the, to rip the, that off? What's that? No, the, I think he, he had Monkey Planet. Was the title of this book that he like sold to a TV series, and Twentieth Century Fox was like, "Whoa, whoa, slow down there, Todd
1: McFarlane!" No, no, um, no, no. The Monkey Planet is the original translation of the original book. Oh, really? Pierre became Planet book. Yeah. Hmm. Who who originally translated it that way? Uh, apparently, it's the UK. In the UK, it was published as Monkey Planet.
0: Oh, well, no wonder why you guys never picked up on it. Then retitled
1: as Planet of the Apes Titan with the movie. Which is brilliant. Monkey Planet. (laughs) It's great, isn't it? I mean, because the thing is, if you look at the title in French, it really genuinely is the Planet of Apes. Right. So, the fact, the fact that someone there translates it as a Monkey Planet it's so great. I, I love that. Like, it really is. Like, like... How can I make this title shit? Uh, <laughs> exactly.
0: Planet of Apes. That will never sound. Monkey Planet, though. Someone's going to think that this is a fucking Disney film. Like, it really sounds bad. It's Walt well, Disney's Monkey Planet. All right. Um, we can okay, really get off the, yeah. yeah exactly That's listeners true. we apologize for not getting off the air five minutes ago but um, we'll be back next week
1: with I guess more comics and um, we can talk about whatever the hell their infinite announcement was yeah maybe we could just loop next week's podcast so it goes on forever so it's an infinite podcast see there we go we'll just if I had the if I
0: had the editing spot, I would take each comment that we had and flip it around and run it backwards at least most of my comments would make about as much sense so.
1: oh Jeff Lester on that it's dear listeners, Jeff is once again overcome by humility that is, is ridiculous <laughs> thank you for listening we'll be back next week
2: bye
0: there we go, I'm so glad you did it I'm like, that's what I want is our sign off sound and I'm-
2: bye <laughs>